Hey everyone, welcome to Dialogue Choices Podcast. We're back again. I am... We... Back at it again. I'm so fucking addicted to Subnautica Below Zero. <laughs> oh, you started all... Wait, it came out already, or... Do you oh, yeah, it, it already came out. It came out, like, on Friday, but I got a code, like, a week early. So I've been... Oh. I've, been I've actually, uh... I was recording it right up until we started doing the podcast, actually. I think I'm, like, 16 episodes deep already, and it premieres tomorrow Ooh, for wow. me. So I've been... I'm, I've actually been I've actually been like neglecting my schedule. Like I've been like, oh, what what what's due tomorrow? And like I kick that like slightly further down the road by recording two episodes of it, and then I record Subnautica for the rest of the day. And I've been doing that like over and over again, like barely maintaining the other game as well, recording Subnautica all the time. You're gonna spend the next month all dealing with that decision. Yeah, well, it happens every now and then. Like, uh, it's good it? when it happens. I remember well yeah whenever you have I, I a, think. when you, when you actively feel the pull where you just want to like like I I find that it's really easy when you're self-employed to just lose time and you're just like what the fuck how is it 6 p.m. already I haven't done anything I don't even know what <laughs> happened like you're in the state of like not letting yourself do the stuff you might do for fun like I'm not like I'm not like watching Netflix or like playing overwatch or doing any of the stuff that's like the free timey kind of things because i'm like i still need to do today's work and so on but somehow mysteriously can watch the day just vanish and then so it's like i kind of can be in like this eternal loop of like back being in my in my high school experience of like having homework and like not letting myself do certain things until i finish my homework but then also being like how am i not done with my homework it's 10 p.m and it's like it's not because i was working on it the whole time i somehow would like <laughs> manage to procrastinate well but it's not but also not letting myself do the things i want to do and it's like it's a stupid loop and uh i find that easy to fall into being self-employed when in working at home and stuff it's like i i'll like be like i haven't recorded anything and it's late again how the fuck did i do this again so if there's something that i weirdly have like a an urge to play and i'm like trying to get to it and i'm kind of chopping at the bit like i kind of try to use that because when you feel really motivated to play a game suddenly it's like you could just like i recorded two entire days of videos in one day like i i uh i remember like there was moments of like playing like i, I get into a groove with like the yakuza style games for example and i remember mm -hmm. being in a particular moment where i where it's like i came back because it was finally time to record the next episode of Judgment, which was the uh, Yakuza game, basically. And I was like, motherfucker, it's been like a month and a half since I've had to record this game. That's how long I had a backlog <laughs> because I had previously binged it so much that I just got like I had dozens of videos just ready. Like in a given day, I might record I might get 10 videos done. And it's like, what in the world of energy yeah. for this, apparently? Whereas and you're was, lucky that you... You publish one video per day. If it, if you did like me, where it's one video every two days, then it's more than a month. If you have 30, 30 videos oh, yeah. recorded, it's well, I guess it's no, July. I, I, I used time. to ha I used to have that schedule. Uh, it was back when because it was a. I used to be like I was desperate for growth in the earlier days, and I was trying to like. It's also back when I would be more likely to not finish stuff, not because I wanted, not because I let it not get finished on purpose, but because it was just I'd, I'd take on too many things and it just becomes unmanageable. Uh, yeah. But, uh, like, there was a time where it's just, like, every time a new release came out that was within my, like, genre umbrella and looked reasonably okay, and my standards were not good enough for that, because I kept playing, like, certain, like, JRPG-style stuff that I would not have liked to play otherwise, 
and I was still kind of feeling out what kind of stuff I'd exactly want to cover, like I, like Batman Arkham Knight and weird stuff like that. That doesn't really mm-hmm. fit. Uh, and like I would just take too many on, and I'd be like, well, I still got to make sure they're coming out frequently ish so then i start like staggering the schedule into like this like every other day thing and i remember like having that dynamic of like i think odin sphere life thrasir and disgaea 5 being on alternating days for example and it's like oh disgaea 5 must have taken you forever then yeah it's like these are already (laughs) fucking long games having them being every other day it's just an eternity so it's like this yeah. like if I feel like a playthrough lasts a long time now and it's like 90 episodes when it's happening every other day it's like that's like half a year like if yeah. it, you, you want yeah. it, you just want to move on at some point it's exhausting I'm so used I, to I, it and I, I, yeah that's just your status quo I guess cuz you yeah. play a bunch of like CRPGs that are all like that and you the play The longest any... I think I've had was like 18 months of playing the same game uh, and it wasn't obviously be... every day but uh your pillars no. two playthrough was massive right oh pillars too yeah it must have been that that must have been the one yeah uh i was thinking of, of pathfinder kingmaker but pillars 2 is probably longer yeah i just remember looking at your channel every now and then and being like he's still going <laughs> that number's <laughs> getting real big <laughs> i get the impression i'm not 100 percent sure but i get the impression that uh on, on because you know for us uh, if just to give context to the listener what really matters is the first episode and it's very rare that a middle episode the way we name and and thumbnail our our episodes it's very rare that the middle episode actually matters for for bringing new audiences in uh, so the first episode is all that matters but i'm pretty sure that if you have if, if you're a channel that just does the first episode or a couple of episodes you have a disadvantage on the search results when compared to channels like us who do a lot of episodes after I've I've seen some of my series be, start off like fifth or sixth in the in the search results, but then yeah. as I release more and more episodes, they just creep up. The uh, I don't know. I mean, sometimes my playlists have better search rankings than my videos do. Oh yeah, because of the, like how <laughs> the metrics happens. work and so on. But no, I know there's like mm-hmm. there's like channels that are really popular, and they have this like one of them in particular is like a no commentary channel that has like a naming scheme where uh they'll upload multiple part ones of the same game because Mm. they it's it's just because of the fact that they have uh they just know that like part one is really good seo because a lot of people type part one so they have like part one of their actual playthrough but then they also have like game full playthrough uh part and it'll still be called part one at the end i've seen that happen recently yeah this is like it's a full playthrough but it's still called part one because of good seo and then they'll do it sometimes I think they'll do a third edit that's like game name, the movie, which is like a cinematic abridged version of the playthrough that's mostly like the cutscenes and like story beats and and so on. And it's like really abridged. Mm-hmm. And that one still says part one. So they'll have like three part ones <laughs> for the same game, and only one of them is like part one of a series because the other two are standalone videos that are the entire game. Uh but it's just it's the SEO hunting. I used to have aggressive SEO bait uh titles uh when i when i was having my early days and i was playing i was uploading like just dark souls one and two and stuff back then as that stuff was getting going uh Mm -hmm. if you look at my original playthrough of dark souls one and dark souls two the title is just go all the way to the character limit just spamming like tags essentially and so the entire Mm -hmm. title is just any item or environment or boss or whatever 
and like i still do that where every whenever i upload a video i just i just i scan through the video and try to find like okay is there a boss fight in this video name the video that if there's not a boss fight then like do i go to a new area or something that's like this is the first video of this region or level or whatever then name the video that or like do i get a special like weapon in this one that's like noteworthy or mm -hmm. do you do i meet a new and i do i do i meet a new character like a party member like you, you like i name the videos based on that and like that's just because like that's a vestige of that is like that you'll get you, you'll definitely get a spike of views midway through your series if you if you look for your entire playthrough you'll notice like mm -hmm. oh that's the, noticed. that's like oh that, that's part 23 did great because i fought like whoever the fuck in that one and people like to look up videos of that fight in particular and so on but mm -hmm. uh my fucking my my original dark souls 2 playthrough would be like uh lady quay leg uh chloranthy ring uh like i just like i was just like fill the whole thing with like like <laughs> name comma name comma name comma because i was just trying to get any of it going and i guess it worked but uh yeah definitely one, works it's like not a great it's not not a great look for the video titles to them for them to all be like a mess like that but also i just it's a pain <laughs> oh and yeah now, I, I definitely feel you i for a long time i would um even write a comment for the first comment because i read somewhere that having a comment pinned would increase the seo so it's oh, yeah. such a like going through each episode <laughs> having to write something oh yeah but the pro i think i think it really works there's a there's a downside to it which is that it makes the video title a spoiler I al I'm always very careful not to spoil anything or even in the thumbnail for people who are watching because I could just, you know, show the last boss and say, he betrays me. And I was like, give away the whole <laughs> plot. You know, that that's definitely better for SEO. And there are channels who do that, but that's bad. It's, I use judgment from time to time. Like there's kind of like a, a sliding thing where sometimes I'll be more hinty with my title. But generally speaking, I think it's totally fine to just put the name of the monster in monster hunter or put the name of the boss in mm -hmm. dark souls as the title of the video. Cause it's just, it's just what it is. Yeah. This is what's going to happen. And, uh, dark souls isn't as bad for that. And it's how you keep things going as a channel. And yeah, like people, I've had some weird, like I, I remember there was one commenter that said they were going to unsubscribe when I, when they saw that I was about to start playing monster hunter rise. Cause I like, cause they don't want to get spoiled by the videos. And it's like, I mean, just don't, if you're if you're not going to watch the videos and you don't want to be spoiled by the other parts of the video it's like well the title the thumbnails are i don't make a unique thumbnail for each video that is like the fight or whatever so that's not going to be spoilers and the title is like you, you it's the same title now right that's what well, you do like, well like you go to subscriptions <clears throat> well they always had that format but it was, it was like after the it would be like game name and then like part part whatever then dash then like the the title that's mm -hmm. unique about that video and like when you look in your like those are good for search results but when you look in your subscriptions it just says game name part whatever and then it goes to an ellipses immediately because you're out of mm -hmm. space for the preview so i'm like i'm like what are you afraid of being spoiled like one one it's weird just because like when you play monster hunter you can't really be surprised by like any monsters like you literally pick the monsters from a mission select screen that's like you're gonna fight this monster now it's like so it's not like you go in and be like Ooh, what's gonna happen like that that mystery <laughs> was kind of preserved by a world where they'd be like oh man someone's leading to disruptions in the coral highlands what's up go tracking or whatever and then you like slowly like look around for five minutes and then you get surprised by a cutscene. i'm like oh that's who's here but like in rise you literally pick the monsters from a roster and fight them. Like, there's no chance to be surprised. So the idea of spoilers is a weird thing. 
But uh, Rise, some... Rise is an interesting evolution for the series. I can't get a grip if people like it or not. I guess, <laughs> I guess they do. But like, I see some reviews just be like, this is the last, like, last throws of a series or something. Like, people who just did, I yeah, guess no. they didn't like World. And, and just... Yeah, at the time it seemed like people were pretty high on World, but now everyone just complains about World in the comments for Rise. And I'm like, I don't, I don't know. It's obviously like a hundred are... different people's opinions and so on. Yeah, I don't know. Monster Hunter seems popular enough that I doubt, I doubt people are genuinely disinterested. You know, like, I don't think there's a majority consensus that Monster Hunter is not enjoyable. I think there's just a lot of people who are like, this isn't my Monster Hunter, and mm -hmm. they're shaking their fist, holding, like, Monster Hunter 3 in their hand. <laughs> yeah. It's like, all right, well, sorry. You know, maybe, like, in this, maybe the, the next Monster Hunter game may be closer to the old ones, and no, I don't know. Do you think like, that's going to happen? It's, it just sounds, I, like, Hunter it just sounds like what Capcom like games do. Yeah, like, Monster Hunter just kind of, or just turns into whatever it feels like being that day of the week. So, hmm. like... This game's going to be open world. This game's going to be super linear. This game's going to be like half and half. <laughs> like yeah. every Monster Hunter game is its own unique thing. So I don't know why people. I don't not, know what not people even expect. entirely that though. Like, uh, are they not? I, I feel nah. like they're they're always their own I think, worlds. I, they I have think, this. They have think, similar monsters, but like. But I think the most recent one. I think the most recent two are more larger diverge, uh, divergences to some extent. And so, like, when I compared it to Capcom stuff, I was just thinking about, like, this debate about, like, this is the worst one and the best one at the same time. It's because, like, Capcom, you know, actually makes changes from game to game and doesn't just, like, Ubisoft their games out and just kind of, like, just <laughs> see how long the same formula works for. So, like, it's like Resident Evil, where, like, each individual game is noticeably different. Like, the... The remakes of two and three were just a different thing than seven was like they're like oh seven was this big successful thing and people like this and like oh we're, they're gonna remake two and three now and it's like oh this is different it's not like the one remake but it's also not like seven it's just a different style of resident evil and then eight it came out and i haven't played it or looked at it much but like by by most accounts it sounds like it's like okay it's not like two and three it is like seven again, but it's also not like seven again because they immediately changed a bunch of the for like the format and and like concepts of like how it is laid out. And it's like okay, it's like they're, they're kind of like constantly redefining that franchise and not not really stagnating it, which is good. Often and sometimes bad, like when six happens and so on, and some not some great not so great games. Uh, Monster Hunter has a weird tra trajectory. Like I think every single Monster Hunter game was a bunch of separate zones you had to load one by one but because you, you kept like going to like hallways that would like load the next map essentially and each map was like 12 chunks or something and you know so like when a monster ran they ran to a different section you had to load again when you got there and like worlds world did a bunch of other different quality of life changes and streamlining things and things that people agree with and disagree with but i think the biggest change was supposed to be the fact that it made the each uh, map one continuous map and so you, you could still see the map defined as a series of numbered sections but they were now you just ran around like freely throughout that and uh, i guess one of the janky things that happened in rise is that midway through development they had like decided that, that it was going to be like world where it's continuous maps so they had to like take what were in many cases old maps from other games and like 
remake them so that they were one big continuous thing instead of a bunch of load loading gates uh rise is interesting because it has new ideas but it's also made by the, th the 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 b team and so it has a lot of stuff in common with the older games before world so you have weird returning mechanics that don't make sense if you only played a world but it also has world's continuous map design but also like with how like time consuming and expansive world was uh rise is kind of like surprisingly arcadey and brief and like like you get the like i got i got in like the the first time you roll the credits in like part 10 of my playthrough and i was like what is happening but then you have to like grind your way up to high rank and then like i'm i think i'm i'm more or less i think i, I think i rolled credits on the like the more or less like the true ending or whatever in like part 30 which is like definitely fast compared to world at least and there was definitely like a brief like oh you just hop in you fight a monster you get out and like i for a large chunk of the playthrough i was beating three monsters per episode like like there would be like these little 20 minute hunts whereas like by the end of ice by the by the end of iceborne the expansion to world what was burning me out was that i would fight something like Valkana, and it'd be like you have a 50 minute time limit to beat this boss and i would fucking time out <laughs> i would actually run out of time fighting the boss continuously for almost an hour and it's like oh god i just lost that's, an entire hour mad. and now i gotta start it over again and you're like as that's already rough as a person like that part of you that's like oh i just died in a roguelike do i ever do i really want to start over kind of feeling but as a let's Let alone player a let's you're, play. yeah, yeah you're like what do i do like i just do i put out a video of each individual attempt that's an hour long like this could be like this could literally be like a six six consecutive episodes of me just trying to fight Velcana for an hour each time and losing uh so i'm like <laughs> well i'm like no no like i gotta like clearly i gotta try over and over again and like make a mega cut of some kind but then it's like oh my god i put like hours into fighting this boss and he's still not defeated and if this was sekiro or dark souls i would have fought them like 30 40 times but i fought them like four times <laughs> like it's not even a good number of attempts in that amount of time it's like jesus christ it's kind of it's, it, there's something brief and like chill about how quick the uh the fights are by comparison in rise but also it's this is clearly a really aged uh it's really clearly an old franchise that has gotten so many iterations and it has so many vestigial limbs. Like there are so many systems in rise that have clearly just been around since like the beginning of the franchise. And you can't really articulate to a new player by which I mean me, what they're even for. <laughs> like you pick up so many items and there's so many craftable things and there's so many things there's like cooking systems and so on and so many other weird item systems in the game. And it's like really hard to explain by which I mean, I still don't understand and I've beaten the game. I think the, many the of these things are even for. I think the interface is the biggest culprit in that specific, specifically in rise. Cause I don't remember the interface of world, but I, I know what I know. I know you, I, I've seen you look at those systems and be like, Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I think it's just I don't know I think it's like they just expect people to either know what they're doing or if they don't they just don't engage because can you not the just game, ignore the them so reliant on wikis and YouTubers oh, that, too, that explain yeah. games to the to you <laughs> like 
they're like that's the that's the go-to i get so many comments and i i i forget the people's names because i don't really record them to memory but they keep saying like watch this youtuber and watch this youtuber and watch this youtuber like they, like everyone in the community seems to just rely on like three youtubers to explain the game to them uh, from optimal builds to how entire systems work or what the best moves are for each weapon and you get yes so many backseat comments that are just like explaining that you're playing the game wrong because you're not using the video guide to just use the optimal move set that that guy uses and that that one guy decides the optimum play of the <laughs> entire player base of a game which is just a lot but uh yeah that's not as somebody who good game design it's it's not great there's good there is good game design in monster hunter but there's but it is not exclusively in that good specific game design aspect. yeah yeah like there's entire there's entire systems like this i think this game added kunai like at the beginning of the game it's like you got kunai now and you keep hearing about things that like this affects your cooldown of your kunai or this gives you bonus kunai or this and that and it's introduced alongside the wire bug and the wire bug is like a a bug that's tied to a cooldown there's an interface element on the bottom of the screen that's always there and you use it for mobility and you use it for certain special abilities for each of the weapons they all have a special wire bug ability and like does that switch out and so on and like there's all this wire bug stuff going on and so immediately i'm like oh wire bug stuff and i completely forgot they even mentioned kunai then i look every now and then i just find kunai in my interface and i'm like the fuck is a kunai for (laughs) A kunai, I don't know is a, is. a kunai is a ninja throwing throwing dagger oh it's throw a kunai it's a little it's a little da- it's a throwing dagger oh. that ninjas use yeah and it's like what the fuck is a kunai for why do i want a kunai i have a gun lance <laughs> i have a giant lance that's taller than me that fires explosives and has a shield what do i want a kunai who is the kunai for there's no unarmed person that needs a kunai to fight and like for and people like, without the gun lance and well, it's like, but, but everyone, not... you all, everyone has a weapon and all the weapons are a lot like so i'm like who's this good eye for and it's like one of those things where it's like at this point i've beaten the game and the game just never answered that question and so like they just expect you to like research every individual mechanic just on the off chance it might be useful in some way which it maybe it's not maybe kunai are stupid I don't know if they're an old mechanic that was brought back or if they're specific to this game. I feel like they're specific to this game because this is like the Japanese Ninja Village game. Like, that's the setting. So I'm like, oh, they added kunai for some reason. They must be important for some reason. I kept waiting for it to come up and it just never came up. And now I beat the game and I'm like, I guess I'll never know. And it's like, interesting that you say that it's the Japanese Village game. But... the that's one thing that really struck me is that it lo- at first it looked I thought it was just another expansion for Hunter Mon- Monster World because it plays it very similar or it looks like it plays very similar and it even looks very similar where where when you're uh, just exploring which is the large part of the game the story also like it I, I don't know Dark Souls when you look at Dark Souls 1 Dark Souls 2 and 3 everything is so different from each other I feel yeah even though the game plays the same they definitely don't go that route with the monster hunter, do they? Not necessarily. The same enemies. As somebody who played a lot of world, uh, the fidelity difference is noticeable. Rise is noticeably lower fidelity because uh, it's a Switch game. Uh, mm-hmm. So maybe when it comes out on PC and so on, it might look different, or it might just be because it's by the B team that makes those that you like the previous Monster Hunter games were like. They were like Wii U and Switch exclusives and 3DS exclusives. So like they're used to being lower fidelity as a franchise. Uh, mm-hmm. 
So it might be that those assets just exist on that level. So even when it might be that when Rise comes to PC, it'll be noticeably lower fidelity still than World, because it just looks kind of cheaper and and it's like it's not bad, but it's just there's like a blurriness. There's like a there's like oh yeah, this is this like one generation ago kind of feel when you look at like the environment and it's like it's just not quite sharp enough and not quite textured enough. Like it's just everything just looks a little older in that way that's you can just kind of you just kind of notice just from playing too many video games. Hmm. Uh, like that's just kind of noticeable, but I, I, uh, you almost get the sense that like entire character models and move sets and so on kind of get copy pasted from game to game, because it is like this incredibly bloated game that that uh, is repeated over and over again, and that's part of the appeal on some level. Because I talk, because I, I talk about like the incredibly bloated series of weird items and esoteric nonsense that it's like, who is this for? Why does this system exist? What is the point of this? And that stuff's kind of messy, but the beautiful part of the game being bloated is that there's just like 14 different weapons, and each of them just is a different. You're just you're just a different character when you get when you use them. Yeah, and it's like so it's, it's very, like it's like they're like character classes. I wish yeah, that was more bloated. I wish there was a new weapon every game. <laughs> You'd think that'd be like the goal to introduce a new weapon each game. Hmm. Uh, but well, even though they, they have still have to go it all and balance. Yeah, you, yeah. Have to re, you have to rebalance it every game, and you have to figure out how, like there's always they're always changing something about the overall trajectory from game to game so they have to like kind of tweak all the weapons uh and that that's a whole thing and this time around in particular like the wire bugs had added like a special move to each weapon but then you find out later that's like a slot and you can slot in like three or four different things per slot so that you get a wild a wild different uh, a wild variety of different moves and that's just it is a lot <laughs> and so them doing that for like 14 weapons is it's, it's pretty fucking cool uh and I, so like it's i get this i always get this experience of like wow i'll never fully experience this game because like uh monster hunter is the fucking like overwatch of like loot grinding games i guess because mm. there's just because it, it's like it's like oh t- today i'm gonna try to learn how to play anna and whatever like in, in overwatch and like you have this massive roster of Overwatch characters that just takes a lot to learn, and it's like you you look at their kit and you're like, okay, I think I get it, get it, but then you play it for like hundreds of hours, still trying to get it right about like where to be and and how to and how to aim and like what your cooldown management in the ult economy and like all these nuances of the character, and like Monster Hunter has like 14 different weapons, and all of those have like this like like I, I get these comments or like okay it's been 20 hours and you still haven't gotten any better at this and i'm like all right dick but but also like yeah like it's it like someone indicates the elitism there someone indicates like the level of like complexity that this game does have and so on like i can literally beat the entire game with one weapon and people are still being like wow you're still bad at that weapon and it's like great i'm not gonna have time for the other 14 then huh <laughs> that's yeah the, the, the play style uh... differences there's definitely an appeal the thing is, I think that it's just inevitable unless you really look up strategy guides. And even then, probably it is inev- inevitable anyway, because there's just so many play styles and, and so many yeah. like optimizations that you can do. And then people are just hyperbolic by nature. And, and oh, yeah. That's and also the comments are, you remember. Just rude. And they also like insist on being like, you're not playing exactly how I would, which means you're playing worse or whatever. And it's like, motherfucker, I beat the whole game without losing. Like... 
I did it. <laughs> I beat the final <laughs> boss as it exists right now. And I never, I died a lot of times, but you have to die three times in one mission to, to fail the mission. It's getting, mm -hmm. people call it getting carted. Carted is because you, yeah, because you roll, they roll you back into camp away. on a cart. Uh, yeah. So you have like three, you have three lives essentially, and they're shared amongst all of your co-op partners. And if so, if three people get wiped out, then the uh, then you fail the hunt and have to start over. Which I've seen a lot of that in Rise in co-op, doing like uh, off-screen grinding to get certain pieces of gear. I'm like, it's like mm -hmm. I, I want to be, I want to be, I want to do it a little bit absent-mindedly and multitask. So I join multiplayer, so I don't have to try as hard. And boy, even though I'm not trying as hard other people are a lot worse because <laughs> they're all dying <laughs> all the time and i guess maybe i've just been like forging the flames of playing the whole game in single player so i had half i've had to take care of myself all this time but people die so fucking much like i've actually had times where i'm like you know what three times is too many failures i'm just gonna i guess i'll just do it myself even though it's just more of a pain in the ass because these people are so negligent they'll just all die enough that I we just I don't get I don't get the progress I was going for by playing lazy co-op mode. But uh, Monster Hunter is a lot <laughs> of fun. Lazy co-op mode can become, easy mode becomes hard mode. Monster Hunter is a lot of fun. Yeah. Dun, 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 we tried to dun, do a playthrough with with a uh, Yeah, that we had a playthrough with Effie and and Andrew for Me. a bit there on the pc version of world and uh it just kind of i guess it just kind of fell off because we uh final fantasy you're still playing final, final fantasy, entirely though. that i think it's just other people started showing up more for the weekend so we stopped playing just me and effie and andrew because um, that was like the that was like the overwatch crew and for a while we mm -hmm. were the only people showing up on weekends uh so i think that felt, kind of fell off there but then yeah like once i started doing a solo series with andrew that turned into Final Fantasy. That pretty much speaks for the idea of having any like Effie Andrew specifics. But uh, no, I, I can't. Yeah. It's 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 rough as a game. I kept wanting to have like I, I keep wanting to have like a situation where we can have like a chill rotating cast of like like oh what if we had like Colonel and and Marty and and Bird and so on and everyone has like their Monster Hunter character on on World on PC and then we could all like rotate in and out like whoever shows up that week and just kind of like you know get some progress in monster hunter and hang out and play the game because it's just kind of that it's kind of designed to be like a a semi aimless kind of grind where you just kind of like gather materials and work on whatever set you're working on or try a new weapon today once you reach the end game mm -hmm. but it's so much work to get players to the end game of world because you gotta like shepherd them through all of these these sequential hunts and then you have to like fish for the cutscenes to get those to trigger and like people can't join your mission until the the cutscene triggers and then they can join you to help you and it's just, it's this big annoying process we spent an entire wow. day just farming marty through that process to try to get him to the high rank element of the game and then after one day of that it must have not been a fun process getting uh, pushed through because he didn't want to play the game ever again. <laughs> After one day, I'm like, "Fuck!" The experiment failed. Yeah. God damn it! It it would have been it, it was a nice dream, but uh, getting every individual player there is hard. And then like, as a streamer, you're like, "Do I do I do a weird video series where I like awkwardly restart the campaign over and over again in the series every time a new?" person potentially wants to join and we have to like get them through the entire 
campaign again just to get them caught up because it's just it's just like there's too much there's a lot of barrier to entry like it's got that classic multiplayer problem of like not being able to get everybody on the same footing so you can all play together it's like when i played mm -hmm. warframe and my co-op partners like they just they played the game obsessively and warframe you can't you can't necessarily make like a new character as far necessarily to play with your friends yeah, as far, yeah. so it's like your account is just like i'm level one 11 billion and this is my one warframe account and yet most switch suits or whatever and it's like it's just not fun to play that game when you're a new character and your partner is like 11 billion and they're killing stuff just by existing in the level with them and not even fighting and you're like <laughs> i what, when do i get to play and it's like this, this that was more or less my my experience with Warframe, I joined with somebody else who was, I think, a few, probably like level 50 or something. Uh, so nothing like tremendously overleveled. Oh, yeah. But it was enough for me to never have to worry about uh, dying. So basically, it's just a fr Warframe is a really frantic game. And it plays really, it's like the, the movement is really fun to do. But also the lack of challenge after a couple of hours, I was like, okay, well, I, I've, had, I've had my belly full of, of oh, Warframe. Yeah. I'm good for life. Or the idea of just like your your over leveled friend joining your Borderlands world and making the game like trivial. Like every single multiplayer progression based game needs to have like some kind of play with your friends level lock system. Like, sure, like opt Dark Souls out of it. Does that. Opt out of it if you don't care about having a good experience or whatever. But like for people that want to have a better experience, they really like they, that, that. That's that needs to be there. I I agree. Dark, even Dark Souls does that, and Dark Souls is arguably the game that shouldn't have that, or that maybe would be fun if it didn't. Where, like, if you if your super overpowered friend joins, he can uh, just one shot everything for you. But no, it they they nerf they nerf characters to down to the host. I think I don't know if it's down to the Do host or if it's, I don't remember that. Dark Souls Three does that for sure. Like I you, thought it was you, more I, like I you have to be within a level range to even be able to summon each other. No, you can summon like you can summon any ca any character from as long as you are. I'm talking about password locked multiplayer rather than yeah. you know the. At this point, it's been rando. long enough between games. I'm losing track of all the mechanics. I remember when I was in the you, middle of playing the trilogy, it was like you'd start to memorize like the bizarre intricacies of how every single system in those games was different between the three games and like. <laughs> There's all these bizarre, like, oh, right, in this game, you got to do this thing with the bone or whatever the fuck. And, like, there's, like, like, and that, and that was true for, like, half the systems of each game. Like, they would just change again. And you're like, oh, crap. Yeah, yeah like, this is how that game works and how that game works. And I'd, I'll be so out of the loop now because, like, I'm not actively looping through those games anymore and I don't remember so much. It's weird to think. I, re I think I remember. Uh, but then again, I go back and now. watch Let's Plays. I watch Let's Plays every once in a while. I think the last Let's Play that I watched was yours of uh, uh, the uh, Dark Souls to the other one, the second, like Call the remake. The first sin. Yep, that's the one. It's it's so disorienting to go back to old games that you once knew a lot of, and suddenly you're just like you're useless. <laughs> like uh, I have a I have a new game plus playthrough of Bloodborne that never got finished, and now it's like, God, that might have been 2015, so it's probably been like six years now. And it's like, if I tried to go back to that, I'm like, that'd be, I'd be useless. And I had, I had to confront this this week because I went back and played uh, Disco Elysium Final Cuts new content. Mm -hmm. I, uh, 
because I realized like, oh, if I ever do a new playthrough of that game, it'll be a whole new play style and it'll probably be like this horrible person cop character that I hate because I'm, because I like that's I already, what I'm doing. <laughs> yeah, like I already played a character <laughs> exactly I actually like liked. That. So obviously I'm going to have to do like the opposite next time. But I realized that the uh, if I if, I, if there's new content, I want to experience it uh, as the character I actually like, <laughs> not as the character I hate. Oh, I see. Like I want to experience it with the, with the, with me as a character I like, and with Kim liking me and so on, and and see what that new content's like. Uh, so I went in and played it, which turns out to be good a good thing because actually, the nature of the new content is so divergent that I will literally play a different level if I play as the bad cop later uh because mm-hmm. that's that's the nature of that content but oh my god i spent hours trying to just start the dlc like i lost so much time this week the dlc just trying yeah like i i i finished it I, f- I finished the quest chain and it's like i so i ultimately got like a like two hours of footage out of it i probably spent Wait, two or three hours Elysium? just yeah just trying to do it I don't know what you're talking about. I don't understand. Do you know? Do you what? know about the new quests? I th- is it a DLC? I thought it was just integrated into the main game. Yeah, well, I mean, it's it's just DLC. It's just what you call like the new content that wasn't part of the original playthrough. Oh, you couldn't. You couldn't even start the game. I don't. I don't get it. No, I mean, I couldn't figure out how to get it. How to get into the DLC, like the new content, like how to access oh. it, how to start the, the the scripting, like how to trigger it how to get there mm-hmm. and what was going on and there's such a yeah, frustrating lack of either. documentation and i'm like i fucking hate this i'm so fucking mad right now <laughs> I, I, I have no I, idea I, where I, it is either yeah once i got there i had a good time but boy it was like i i did ha- i thankfully had uh, an exhaustive number of saves that were all manually named from that game throughout my that spanned my entire playthrough so I could teleport mm-hmm. to any part of my playthrough and try to get there from there. But like I had like these issues where I like I would get to a particular time my and I would like I would, I finally realized like oh it has to be before this particular day is when is when the trigger starts happening for that thing. So it's like I get to that day and it's like okay I need to sleep to make the next thing happen. And it's like oh fuck okay you, you get your bearings and you realize like okay it's 10 p.m. and the bridge is still nice. up in this part of the playthrough so I can't cross the bridge yet. That means I can only sleep above the bar in those uh, in those like in like the hotel room, and it's like, yeah. oh, I have eight dollars. Money. I need twenty dollars <laughs> to sleep there. And you're like, what the fuck do I do? And you're like going around trying to find money and try and like I can't pick up any garbage anywhere. And like where? Like, and I'm trying to remember like where the fuck do you like sell stuff and what can you sell what? in this game to make money? Oh. It's like it's like it, when you 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 think you're just gonna like load up into this this dialogue heavy game and just like talk to the right guy and access the conversation for the dlc and then just go from there but hmm. the game has all these systems in the, that are in your way and so in order to get just navigate going to bed just to, to just just to try to start accessing the dlc you go through like hours of troubleshooting and googling things and trying to figure out like what are these systems like how the fuck do i make money in this game and like how do i go to sleep and you're like did you never did you never ask him about his car ask who about his car kim kitsuragi um do you not know about his wheels i feel like i remember his car because he like he took like he took pride in it or something Mm-hmm. So I'm not going to spoil it too much. Uh, it's a little bit of a spoiler. 
but it, but um, so in my first playthrough, I uh, I I think I pawned Kim's wheels from his car. Oh yeah, to the pay rims. for my bed, the rims. Yeah, I think I did that. And on this playthrough, I think I'm gonna give them to Kuno because he wants some new rims. <laughs> <laughs> no, the, it's, uh... it's, Kuno is something else. That's part of the massive headache is that like it's this it's this big continuous game of so many quest lines and characters and so on. And then when you when you time travel throughout different parts of the playthrough, troubleshooting how to do the access to the DLC, once you arrive, you're like, okay, I get when this is in the literal sense and that it's day three, but in the figurative sense, when the fuck is this? Like, what's my relationship <laughs> what with done? Kim? What is my build at this point yeah. in the playthrough? Like, who is and isn't alive? Like, <laughs> like I don't, <laughs> I genuinely don't know when I am story-wise. So like, it's, yeah. oh my God, it was such a problem. <laughs> it's why, I know, it's why I never want to load into an old game. It's like, it's why when enough time passes, I'm like, I guess that playthrough is dead. It was like unusual kind of, that I went back to Iceborne after a year of hiatus and beat it because anything else, it's just like, it's games are really hard to pick up after you if you pick up mid playthrough. Like there's so I much did, onboarding and stuff to remember. I did. It's funny that you mentioned Disco Elysium. I'll, I'll later I'll ask you how to activate that because I don't know either and I want to make sure I don't miss it. But um, I fin I I did. You, you won't miss I, it I if you're a, playing a new playthrough. It's it's entirely oh, okay. a trying to access it in your old playthrough because you just want to play the new content and not oh, sort right. of a whole new file problem. I see. I see. You literally just get your, because uh, like you get political points, mm -hmm. and then there's like a, like a dream sequence where you like embrace your politicalness, which mm -hmm. I think was even in the original game. And that scripting yeah. is what starts the uh, the new content because the new content is four different politically motivated quest chains depend depend on which like branch you went down, which I guess oh, is replay no. value because <laughs> it's four to... playthroughs. I'm gonna get the liberal thing. Oh. Uh, it's funny that you mentioned that because that's I, the character I you hate the most. <laughs> uh, that's fa that's fair. It's not the was character that I hate the most. Was your first playthrough uh, a communist, and yeah. then uh, and you now it's a liberal. Then you played what I, you I mean, hated, I, and you was a liberal. I, I'm not gonna play the Nazi. I don't want to play the fascist. This thing. I don't want to do that. <laughs> I'm just, it's, it's just funny because in the communist storyline, they make fun of you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, it's, it's, it's interesting that you say that because I did, uh, I'd finished recently, or I'm finishing right now, the second DLC for The Outer Worlds. And uh, that one is very easy. Those, those are very easy. The, the, they just show up on your ship. You install the, uh, you install the DLC, yeah. you load up your last save. They make it really, really simple. That's, yeah, and games honestly, that were really carefully, really planned around the idea of like new content coming in because it's this, it's the same format they used for the for Fallout Three and New Vegas. You'd get those like five mm -hmm. different expansions, and yeah, they would just literally pop up as like a waypoint on your map, essentially. Which, uh, what I don't like about that system is the clunkiness of like when you. It is. Yeah. It, 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 I think it's really clunky and awkward when you play a game after the DLC is already out, but you but it's your new playthrough and you've never played it before. And like minutes into the game, they're like, wow. And here's the five waypoints for the five DLCs. And it's like, yeah, OK, you could have worked those in somewhere like organically. They don't <laughs> they, 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 they don't they just... do that. 
they don't do it like that in the outer world, but yeah. it's still very clunky because it feels like a detached part of the game, which admittedly yeah. isn't as much of a problem in the outer worlds as it is in the outer world already Vegas, has example. the thing where you leave the first planet and there's just a map mm -hmm. of the of the solar system, and so they yeah. can just slot new things onto that. But it's still it's they are such huge adventures. Both DLCs are easily ten hours, probably fifteen hours uh, of a playthrough that that are that are longer than even the longest planet in the main game and it's just it, it feels like a very different a very different uh adventure so it, it like if you're playing the game blind and you don't really care about the dlcs you just bought them because that you buy everything and play everything or you got the game uh, of the year ultimate edition or whatever yeah yeah it's it's just it feels very different like it's very it's not a, i mean it's very much like in fallout new vegas you i know you haven't finished it or have you i don't i think you didn't uh i got um, one of the I, I think I played Fallout 3 and New Vegas, although I remember 3 a lot more. I think I played them in my, like, distracted gaming phase, like, oh, before yeah. Let's Playing, where I would be, like, listening to a podcast or a YouTube video, which is looking at you, my own audience, all you, all you multitaskers <laughs> out there. Guess what? You're not really fully experiencing either thing when you multitask too hard. You, like, I only multitask when I'm playing, like, like a uh, satisfactory or like I'm grinding or something like something that's like pretty slow paced and and chill because like mm -hmm. otherwise I'll just it'll be like I remember there was a phase where I would play like a, I'd, be, I'd like I'd have a movie running and a and a game and like I wouldn't absorb either of them like I've I've I've, I've seen yeah you can't quote yeah. I've quote unquote seen like I think Ninja Assassin or whatever via a TV that was running in my room. And it's like, what a stupid waste of time. Like I didn't absorb any of that. <laughs> what, what was I doing? And yeah, like I, like I, uh, like I, I beat near the original one in my free time and like fallout new Vegas and so on in my multitasking phase of like when I was mostly like, a, I was like kind of like in a, like a achievement hunting efficiency m mindset of like, beating games basically not even for the sake of the game but because of some stupid number while also like burning through this endless youtube backlog and so on and it's like there's so much i just don't remember from that whole era like it was just <laughs> it was such a waste but it's kind of good news for my let's playing i guess that i could then be like what the fuck happens in this game i can't even tell you what ending i got like what faction i sided hmm. with i don't remember you'd think i'd remember <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's and the thing with fallout new vegas is that it, the subtext to a lot there's some i say the subtext there are some factions and some quest lines that aren't as much about the subtext but there's a lot of stuff that goes like underneath the whole narrative and you need to catch the the repeat themes and be like oh that's what the game is talking about and i uh the, the, that's the reason why i was talking about the dlcs for that game is that the dlcs are a completely different subtext. They are there's just a story in and of themselves. And the last one, or the one that should play you should play last, is yeah. sort of like a zany, dreamy trip through a world completely devastated by nuclear weapons. It's like a completely separate part of the world, but still, it's it's and there's this guy talking to you on the radio, sort of all the way through, and he's just he's like the biggest self-assured kind of villain, and. It's just I I I personally I I I've played that DLC twice now and I personally did not like him at all and I feel that it's just it undercut because you are supposed to play that before you you finish the game it undercuts the the narrative of the game because you 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 build up to this big 
it, it's not really necessarily a battle, but this big event in the main storyline where everything is going to culminate, everything that you've worked for, all the people that you dealt with and all that. But before you do that, you should go and play the DLCs or either, you know, mixed in here and there between the the other quests that you're doing, which is fine. But then the last DLC specifically is very difficult and it should definitely be the last thing that you do before the last battle. Even the DLC itself says that. Like by the end it says, oh, now you're going to do the big culmination of the main quest. Not with these words, but it, it does say that. <laughs> uh, and, and, it, and it's such an under... under it, it undermines the whole narrative by changing its pace in a way that the main game doesn't have that. The main game, you just do the culmination and you have you finish it and that's it. But if you play the DLC, there's like this four or five hour long journey of somebody shouting into your ears every once in a while and just being like, oh, this thing and this thing. And it's like, you are just an idiot. At least that's my reaction. Maybe some people are going to like him. And judging by the comments in my videos, some people did like him. And I don't understand. <laughs> It's just I, mean, uh, I feel like that the sometimes the in that game, don't they? Uh, uh, yeah, the, the 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 you're talking about the Caesar's Legion. I, I I don't know. There's some. I don't know if there's there's much. Solve. Uh, there's many people siding with them. The uh, I think the thing is, specifically in in Fallout New Vegas, but also in Fallout Two because it deals with the same factions in the same sort of narrative. There's this faction that's called the NCR, the New California Republic. And uh, there's a lot of people that don't understand that they are uh, criticism. So, so they're not necessarily the bad guys, but they are a criticism of the United States government as it is in our world, rather than as it, it were as it was in the world of Fallout. Because the world of Fallout, for those who don't know, uh, it splits in the 50s into a different timeline. So it's effectively a, 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 a it's a different timeline. It, it didn't. It's not just a sci-fi thing. It's it's the reason why. It all looks like that. You know, the, the Apollo mission wasn't called Apollo and it was a, a different year. And uh, the Russians also went to the moon. And, with, and there's a bunch of things going on with the, the timeline there. And uh, the games talk about that. But what happens is that uh, the nature of the United States government, which was one of the players in the war that destroyed the world in Fallout, the United States government, the way it's depicted in specifically more in Fallout 2, and the later games that, rather than in the first one, but it's still the way it's depicted, it's sort of a caric uh, caricature of uh, of the uh, the World War, sorry, the Cold War government of the United States. So that's you know it, when you deal with the Enclave, which are the remnants of the the uh, the government, and you, when you deal with just the remnants of the government, you're dealing with a fantasy caricature of a real world uh, government, right? But the NCR is supposed to be more close to the ground and close to the heart of the people who play the games, which are the people that live in, in the post-80s and post-90s world. And so the NCR itself is a criticism. And so because of it, I think there's some people who miss that. And uh, I don't know. There's, the, there's, there's Criticisms stuff that, don't that, tend to land. Like, we just we yeah. just rewatched Starship Troopers last night. And uh, that was a book adapted into a movie where Paul Verhoeven, the director... Uh, he he. Not only did he see the read the book and was like, "This is a fascist book," so he t he turned the book and he turned the movie into a criticism of fascism, but also specifically a criticism of the United States. And uh, mm -hmm. Americans watch that movie and they're just like, "Yes, this," but unironically. <laughs> it's like, "Oh <laughs> yeah. no, this is a this yeah. entire the way ever the entire life 
and world presented by Starship Troopers the movie is just a fucking dystopian hellscape nightmare. It's the worst, <laughs> and people and people are like weirdly take weirdly like like the pro military people are like into it. But like I I I think I watched that movie. My my dad got in trouble with random people. Uh, not really in trouble. Uh, he got a lot of side eye uh, because he took me to that movie as a kid when I was like six or seven. And what was funny is mm. it's full of all this violence and gore and and fascism and other stuff. But uh, really, the real reason people were mad at him was definitely because there's a there's a, a co-ed nude, nude shower scene where a bunch of men and women are all showering in one shower together. And it's like mm. nudity, egad. We can't have the children's be <laughs> ruined by this, which is funny because like as a kid. I watched that movie and there's a lot of things that stuck with me, but none of them were even, I didn't even register this, the shower scene. Like I would forget it was even there, but it's like supposed to be like this big problem. I was seeing it and I wasn't even like aware yeah. of that, but Kids the, uh, don't register that stuff. No, it's, it's, it's so whatever. But, uh, I, 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 I kind of credit that movie with being why I've been, I've always been uncomfortable with like the, the sort of culty aspect of, of the American military. And like the way that they they bring you in and they like shave off elements of your personality and your being and kind of like try to make you like mold you all into a similarness and then and then also like the actual goals of the military and all that are are like there's a number of things there that are just like horrifying uh and its role in the world and society beyond beyond that like there's not a lot to good to say in many ways uh but like i think that that movie is why like ever since i was like a young child i've been like creeped out by the the united states military so it's kind of funny that i think there's a surprising number of united states military people that are like this but unironically with that movie they're like yeah this is oh hoorah and it's like oh no <laughs> that happens a lot with with cold war movies like oh, especially yeah. vietnam war movies or even fight club uh, it's just a fight club, yeah. Like, yeah, Tyler Durden's kind of, great. Fight club's great. It's like, it, what the fuck did you watch? <laughs> it's interesting because the I think New Vegas is, or the way the NCR is depicted in New Vegas is also because, or it, it's also is a sort of an allegory for for the Vietnam War. The situations are kind of similar in a lot of ways, except with the bigger like overworld, not directly in the game political situation with New Vegas and all that. But the the situation of the troops on the ground that you deal with the NCR very much the sort of that sort of thing, but the game just doesn't overplay it. It's not like blatant in your face, you know. So I think if people don't pay attention, I think it's okay for them to miss that. But people who are paying attention and know what they're looking at, and and fail to see that, it might say more about their own stances on things than it does about necessarily the game or how easy it is to spot some of this stuff. Cause I, I've never watched Starship Troopers, but um, of, of, uh, of the movies that I've watched that are s similar in message to that, it's, it's always pretty blatant that something is off. Something is, like as a kid watching stuff like that, it's just like, yeah, there's, there's something here that I'm not quite getting or not necessarily aware of, of the implications, I, you know? I don't know. I think, I think there's definitely people who don't just don't think about, media beyond the entertainment value if they're yeah. they're either having a fun time watching it or they're not and that's it yeah. it's not they're not reading into anything they're not like they're not trying to read anything uh and that's usually like those are usually the people who are upset about like politics and anything it's because it's obvious that means they can't ignore it there's yeah. no 
because everything's, no everything's political to... but the certain words come up and something like ah oh, you said the thing now i'm realizing something's yeah. political ah yeah, yeah, like that's Laura the, Dern like has a lot purple of, hair. Ah, colored hair. I've been conditioned to think colored hair is bad. Now it's political. Like they have really specific triggers <laughs> sometimes. Yeah. So like I, I mean, everything is political to some extent. Sometimes you just don't you don't have to care enough to get it. You can just watch the movie and clap your hands and go like, "Wee, that was fun." And like people, Starship Troopers is that. Like you can just oh, like yeah. the first time I watched it, I just clapped and went like, "Wee, that was fun." They killed <laughs> the aliens. Like she I don't shot care a circle about in the, the top weird. of the beetle and he threw a grenade in and exploded. Yeah. yeah. Like I, I why think, do I give you know, a shit about the, like, you just, the like, politics tune out of the, the world. part where Dookie Hauser walks into the room in a fucking SSR uh, he's fucking like Nazi uniform? <laughs> like it's like overtly yeah, a I Nazi don't... costume. He's like, oh my god. America's yeah, darling like... young doctor boy is a horrible fascist in this scene. <laughs> you don't but you don't have to care like that all that stuff yeah, doesn't if you're not engaged no, it's often yeah. really yeah. informative to like hang out with like your extended family and watch a movie and then watch how often they like just start talking over the movie about stuff unrelated to the movie for like 10 minutes at a time and then sh and w and looking at their phones basically just waiting for like the next like sex or action scene to happen that like catches their attention again like you just watch people just ignore the media in front of them continuously and you're like Oh, okay. I, I understand Transformers <laughs> now. Like I get it. Like this is this is this is why people yeah. watch Walking Dead and they complain there aren't enough zombies. And I'm like, I how do you how are you were you expecting a ten season storyline about just fighting zombies continuously? <laughs> like, did you yes. not think the people were gonna come up? Or like people always complain about the humans in Godzilla movies, and I'm like you mean the plot? <laughs> That's the plot. The other part is just a, a rubber suit doing a silly fight with another rubber suit. And there's almost no storytelling or like stakes to it if you just watch it in a vacuum. But like that's apparently all people want to watch and that and it used to be rubber suits now it's cg so they, they just want to watch the almost incomprehensible cg monster fight the other almost incomprehensible cg monster. And it's like that doesn't know like you got to it's like Rampage. The movie Rampage knew like you got to have you got to have the rock and the rock's got to have like a personal relationship with one of the monsters because like, oh, it's the it's the ape that he no. was looking after in the zoo and it turned into a kaiju now. No. And then there's the evil scientist no. that wants to exploit the monsters. And like that's that's those are all plot points. Otherwise, it's just it's otherwise stupid. it's just porcupine just... dog fighting, a, fighting the gorilla, fighting the crocodile. In, no, in that's even more stupid. It's not the it's not the fucking point of Rampage. Jesus Christ. Rampage <laughs> yeah, is just yeah, monsters was, destroying that, that a city. That's, that's literally the entire premise. It's just, oh my god, monsters destroying a city. Yeah. That's no, I was, it. I was only the talking end. about how you make a... Uh, I was yeah. only talking about how you make a kaiju movie, not how you adapt Rampage. Because, yeah, Rampage is almost unadaptable in that you generally want to have some kind of, like, sympathetic character or someone to care about or something but the game's rampage are just three kaiju just destroying it uh working together mostly to with almost no conflict really just to destroy a town that offers almost no resistance yeah. and then they win and they eat people and then the credits roll <laughs> it's like <laughs> yeah. there's not really a story there uh, no it doesn't so they, that's, so they that's in, the point it's, yeah it's a video game it's supposed to just be fun entertainment like 
it doesn't have to be a movie. No one the, built Rampage on the premise yeah. that it was going to be turned right. into a so movie. So when they adapted into a movie, they made one right. of them the good one. Uh, and then that yeah. one has to try to fight the other two. And oh, God, I, I, like somebody who enjoys monster designs, like I got there's a little bit of a a little, a little bit of tub of Kadachi, my favorite monster hunter monster is in there because they got a there's like a there's like a porcupine bat wolf in that movie. And I'm like, this for anybody, is great. I dig the shit out of this. <laughs> yeah. For anybody trying to look up Toby Kadashi right now, it's Toby, not Tobo. And yeah, Keith Tobe, mispronounces Tobe, it every time. Uh, it's <laughs> well, I'm I looking up Tobe, pictures. I, I pronounce it Tobe, eh, Tobe Kadachi. Oh, yeah. Not okay, Tobo Kadachi. I that's, that's, that's one of the other eyes. The other, one of the many eye pronunciations. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like, right, Toby, right. like Toby, like a... I was gonna say like a dog, but it's usually spelled with a Y, but it's spelled with an I here. Yeah, but uh, yeah, it's the it's the flying squirrel, blue lizard, and monster hunter. Uh, Rampage has a fucking like fly, like a it has a is a this yeah. like spiky wolf, and you're like, okay, I think I get this. I, I guess I get what he is. And then midway through, he fucking opens up these like body flaps and just flying squirrels around the city. And you're like, oh my god, this is great. <laughs> <laughs> More of this, please uh yeah th- this kicks the hell out of all those fucking like sharknado movies where they try to come up with monster hybrids and they're all stupid uh that was a surprisingly yeah, that... okay movie actually there was i think i think the uh i i, I don't watch m- many movies in general but my perception is that in the 80s specifically they they had a lot of ideas for a capacity that the movie making technology at the time didn't have basically they the Sharknado in particular, and there's, there's this other movie that from stood you, with me did you, forever. Did you say the eighties? Char- yeah, Sharknado's like not even ten years old. I don't think. Oh, oh it's by Asylum. Yeah, Sharknado. Yeah. Sharknado came out during like the Sci-Fi uh, Channel era. Oh, I mean, they're, uh, they're still yeah, making. They're still making those. We went down the fucking. They have a shark dog. <laughs> I think okay. it's shark. They have like shark sure. wolf or something. It's not that one. Which uh, which movie is it that you they have they they have like worms Jaws? coming from the earth. Tremors. They sort of what? eat every. Tremors. It might be Tremors. Yeah. Tremors is a beautiful movie. It's visually great. They have these really cool I, moments where it's like so janky though. No, Tremor, the Tremors. It, I, Tremors it, monsters look pretty good. They did, they did a lot of practical I, I, effects, like in Starship Troopers, which w- yeah, we watched Starship Troopers last night, and that aged super well. Like the a lot of the visuals yeah. look really, really good, because it's mostly it's mostly pretty good practical effects, and then and then whenever they use CG, it's usually like swarms of bugs. So you don't really like lock on individual ones to see whether or not they look good enough or whatever. It's just like the screen is just like covered with like a, an army of these things. You're like, oh fuck. And it looks it looks hmm. practically new in many cases, uh, but uh, and then Tremors looks pretty good too. It's got a lot of practical effects. Monsters. The sequels might have been shittier because they were cheaply made maybe and so on. Maybe that's but, what I'm remembering because I never went to the cinema to watch yeah, that movie. It's always like the, showing up on television sometime. There's this great scene where the one like very pre- the, like the prepper style redneck that's in all the sequels. 
he goes into like a uh he goes into like his house's basement to get like his guns or whatever and like a tremor bursts through the wall and they do this really cool trick where they cut back and forth and whenever you see the tremors the perspective that shows the tremor it's actually a different location because it's a miniature that they're filming whereas he's obviously in his in a real room and they keep cutting back and Mm -hmm. forth and like as a kid i didn't even realize it was different it was a trick yeah (laughs) like i at most i thought there was a genuine massive practical effects tremor in the room with him as opposed to like a miniature that they were they were filming up close over and over again yeah, yeah, like 80s, 80s effects were fucking incredible in many cases. 80s and 90s stuff before they went to their before they started relying too heavily on early CG, which really was yeah, rough I, for a while. I'm a huge fan. I'm a huge fan of of, uh, of special effects, like practical special effects in movies, but only when it's like really, if it's if it tries to be in your face, obviously you're gonna see. Like for example, uh, The Fly, I believe, is a movie that I watched that I liked. But the the CG itself, even though it's gross, it's like it's really obvious that it is just you know what whatever they use for for masks and whatnot because they go all out they they show the monster and, and it it just stays on camera for a long time. But then movies that I think the fly is from ninety one. I think I don't know. I'm not sure. I would need to look up. That's um, the teleporter but, accident movie. Yeah, yeah, with the uh, that famous actor with the chest. Nineteen eighty six. 86 oh okay but still like every time i go back and watch the alien which is from 76 it was 10 years of difference but that game Whoa. that that movie just looks amazing every time because they don't that's show because that's because they do a really good job of having the mix like he said a mix between practical and cgi yeah so anytime yeah. you see like an alien up close it's a real guy in a suit and anytime mm-hmm. you see it from a distance it's like uh, either like half a figurine or something <laughs> or yeah. uh or cg you can they tell have to, they, have to, they have to be so careful with it though, because even in yeah. even in the ones that are seen as the best alien movies, there are multiple scenes where I'm like, <laughs> "There's it's really there's silly so many times sure, you can watch sure. those aliens' bodies just like flop around because there's, yeah. yeah. there's, 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 like, there's, like, there's no there's, meat. Yeah, there's like floppy sure, plastic sure. here and there, and yeah. like every now and then it's just too obvious that it's a guy in a suit. Like you can see the the shape of the person like too clearly versus like the yeah. eye or the that are supposed to make them look weird. Yeah, I honestly it's, think think of that as but just it's fine. Act, like the act, okay. yeah, it's fine for sure. Like peak, but I think peak, of that peak, uh, peak xenomorph is just seeing a close up of the head, and then the mouth comes out, and so on. Once the body yeah. is in frame and it's not dark enough in in the shot, it's like, oh, that's really silly. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, that's why I, the I, yeah the best scenes are always like the ones in vents and stuff because you get like this half view of it running at you, so you don't really get to see a lot of the body you see like it's big fat head barreling towards you and you're like oh shit like, it's... <laughs> yeah. it's not because the, the thing is that makes the movie not about the horror directly of the monster that you're fighting it's always about the consequences and i think like obviously it's born out of a it's born out of a of technical limitations because these days they'll show the monsters and well they, that's they just do... that's just poor like that's just poor design like directorial decisions that's not really like i i would say there's a there's a different the audience demand is a lot different than it was uh back then like there is more effing yeah more preference to have like fast quick action cut between like uh, travel scenes i guess you could call them like where it's like we're going to a new location and a new location like People it's just, just want to constantly just so easy be to somewhere ruin different any monster. all the time. 
Yeah, but like, mm-hmm. I it, like Alien specifically. Like, good good monster movies are not about uh, yeah, like are not about the monster. They're always about the like the situation. The friends we meet along the way. The monster. Well, yeah, if they're yeah. still alive. But yeah, it's like like I, I was just thinking about Extro, a movie we watched a few years ago, where uh, the the monster's like kind of the monster's like kind of silly looking, but the first shot you see of it is it on the side of the road in the in the darkness like at night it's like they're driving on the road and they and then they cut to their perspective of the the driver and you see this this monster just for a brief second as they pass it on the road so it's so brief you don't get a good look at it and you're just like what the fuck was that and like on and when you're on that level it's just like it looked vaguely human but like it's not the way humans are shaped like things were like backwards or wrong it's like the limbs were not that's not how limbs bend like like it's like the the dead space trick like you just need that quick moment of just showing like some kind of creature just for a moment you like and and your imagination fills in all the gaps or or can't and then that's what bothers yeah that's you. the real because you're like what the fuck yeah. was that that was the thing i think uh the one in antarctica for me yeah my first experience with that movie was oh, yeah. precisely trying to fit everything that i saw into something that I could think in my head and it just couldn't because it's, it's oh, not yeah. it doesn't right work from, like that. right from the beginning in the first dog kennel scene every almost every time you see anything in the thing that's horrifying you can't make sense of it because it's too complicated and too alien and seen too mm-hmm. briefly so you're it's, just like what that, was that that's one of my favorite movies what? honestly fucking like dog's it's, head splits open like the demogorgon's face and then its skull falls out and you're like yeah. I, what no <laughs> like and like it's just going too fast and it's getting too weird it's so distressing I, I do think that the ending sort of overplayed it a little and when you do get to see like the whole thing it does yeah, lose a little it goes, bit of its when it goes mysticism. from alien to aliens yeah they start space uh, marining against the thing and you're like okay it's a little but much that's, yeah, but I think that's also like a, the, just the way the genre works. It, it generally ends up like that. It just, I think there's a certain well, expectation. Yeah, I mean, the 80s was all action. Uh, it just mm-hmm. sometimes you just didn't know you signed up for an action movie. But like, <laughs> you, you, like you cannot watch an 80s movie and go, oh, this doesn't have any action in it because it's just not <laughs> how the fucking era was. Everything had some kind of explosion or guns or... I don't even know. Or games, car chase. Something. Oh, yeah, God, like a remember. car chase. Like, there's always some kind of high I octane, watched... like, gotta get those boys interested in that date movie. <laughs> like, I otherwise they're gonna the leave. With... I haven't watched a movie with a car chase in years and years. I miss car I watched... chases. I just got done watching uh, The Good, The Bad, The the Weird yesterday. Um, I think I've watched that. It's a Korean film about three people trying to... Uh, trying to get this treasure map and then getting to the location of the treasure and so you Mm -hmm. just it's just a wild fun ride of nonsense like the first the first scene you see is a train uh, on these tracks or like the first uh part of the action part is like this train on a track they're trying to stop and like the train just doesn't have a destination like you it's just desert forever and you can just the track just keeps going forward and there's nothing in the distance nothing behind it it's just a train in the middle of literally anywhere in the world with tracks going to wherever. And all this stuff mm-hmm. happens on the on this train that is like an amalgamation of all uh, different 
parts of of Asia. So it's like you got Chinese and Korean and Japanese all blended into one, like uh, kind of like Ghost in the Shell style, where everything's mm-hmm. very. It's like somehow future, or like somehow future, but also somehow wet, like medieval times, Western style. You're like, what the? Okay, uh, hmm. it's fun. It's just a dumb fun action movie, but. Uh, but yeah, like that, you know, I don't know that I, there's always, I, I, I say that there's always, uh, like everything has to have action in it and the amount, how good the action is depends on what kind of movie you're watching. Like, uh, for me, the biggest problem with action scenes and uh, car chases are different. I, f- I feel because I just, it's the cars going vroom, vroom and I like it. But so even if they're badly shot or anything, it's always fine. But action scenes specifically, I get I I uh, for me I have a problem with them in modern movies because of it's just it's kind of tied to the superhero movement in a way they they just don't advance the storyline because an action scene is like it's I don't know it's, it's it's just it has to have a purpose it has to have either stakes or, or even if it has stakes it still has to advance the storyline in some way otherwise you're just waiting to for it to end and that's it uh, so. I feel a lot of movies these days just will have action scenes. That's like the thing that action scenes have in common with like musical songs. Musicals, yeah. Or it's like they both they both yeah. need to establish something or move the story forward or do something. Otherwise, it's just you put you pause the movie for four minutes. Yeah, I mean, ideally, action scenes are being used as like clapping the hands inside of in front of someone's face. The idea is like, hey, hey pay attention. We're we doing something here, and you're like, oh shit, all right. Like yeah, but like the, they, 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 yeah. they need to do something if it's because uh, I, I it don't depend, watch, again, it depends on what the what the purpose of the action is and what movie you're watching. Like if you're in a horror movie, then the action is like the payoff uh, yeah. to all the suspense the that payoff. you've been building That's up. True. But That's in true. a in like Fast and the Furious, action's literally like all there is. If you don't have action, you might as well just like fast forward. Fast what, are you going to listen think- to like? Vin Diesel and The Rock taught like <laughs> act at each other. You might as well just go watch wrestling. At least there's fun stuff happening. That's a good point. Like, just, actually, the, like, the, what, what the hell? Like, what? Who cares about the plot of Fast and Furious? Who gives a shit why these guys are in cars driving down the, the highway, blowing is up the other cars? But the action is the plot. That's the thing. It's all about. It. But the there you is, go. I think Easy. the action is itself up. is the plot. Oh, oh, in Fast and Furious, I've I've watched a few of them. I don't think I've watched every one, but there's I like never 10. come out. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> I've watched no, like there's five, only maybe there's only eight of them, Keith. The ninth one's eight? coming out soon. For me, the, my favorite is, is is Tokyo Drift, but that's because they actually have a plot. Is that like the second one? I it's hated the second Tokyo one. Drift. I thought it was great. I was so but, bored. I've never watched a single one since then because it was so bad. Because it's no, no, it's the only one you, like that. They want though. you to watch races between like CG cars, and it's like, but it wow, has a plot. What a race. Cool. And there's stakes, and he's those, fun. Look at those video game cars going. But there's, yeah, there's no stakes if you're if it's all CG. Like at least a real car, you kind of go like, man, some guy's driving that. I hope he's okay. Might as like, well just commit and full. Might, might as well just fully commit and watch Speed Racer. <laughs> ever, why? Just go watch Initial D. It has the, everything the, you now want. The whole Initial screen D is, great. is fake. <laughs> Initial D is great, but I think I think Tokyo Drift and Initial D are very comparable in the way the stakes are handled, and it's certainly. Like I think initially is very boring if you're expecting, it's if you're expecting action because it's very cerebral. The, it's like the, I'm talking uh, about an anime if, for for clarity. 
I think I remember hearing that there's like some weird nonsense going on with Tokyo Drift where like some major character dies in it, but then he's in the mm-hmm. sequels because all the sequels are still prequels to Tokyo Drift. <laughs> like that's how they get around <laughs> that's it. Weird. I don't. That's weird. That can't be. They have new cars in the sequels. <laughs> it's really Fast funny. and Furious movies are basically like Adam Sandler movies, where it's just an excuse <laughs> for like a bunch of people to get together and hang out for like a couple of months in some locale. Where it's like, all right, guys, let's go like hang out in Cancun and film a Fast and Furious movie. And you're like, all right, <laughs> like what? What else are you doing? Like, but the, what I was saying is, that you don't get bored watching them. At least I did. I never did. They're, does they're the president drive cars? Like, does the does everyone <laughs> does all conflict in that world get solved by car chases? I don't yes. really get like the premise of wow. the Fast and Furious universe. There's no premise. It's it's literally just being weird like, and I, also referential to other movies. And also just having cars doing weirder and weirder but things that don't I'm make sense. Like I'm states, surprised how far the, off my my perception is here. Where I I, th- I could have sworn this was like an old franchise that had like a trilogy once upon a time, and then weirdly got revived like decade later, and they were suddenly making a bunch of them for some reason. But Fast actually, and Fast and Furious. Yeah, I thought it died. And no, oh, no, I thought it no. weirdly came back one day, and that's and I'm like, why are they making sequels now? No, they they never stopped. <laughs> yeah, no, they I'm, looking, stopped, at, I'm yeah. looking at the wiki. Every single sequel is two or three years after the previous movie, consistently from yeah. the beginning. Right now, yep. F9 in 2021 is the longest gap of four years ever. F9, get the. <laughs> they can't. I mean, what the come fuck? on! They, Did you they, just throw away all of the words? Like, there's a whole. <laughs> sentence the fast and the like, furious too fast too furious fast and the furious tokyo tokyo drift fast and furious fuck you fast five <laughs> fast and furious six furious seven the fate of the furious not even a number <laughs> f9 <laughs> the fate of the furious i th- i was sure they're gonna be like oh wait no they already did fast five and then furious oh i was gonna be like is it gonna be furious seven fast eight <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't think Furious I've, doesn't even have a number. I I don't think I've ever I've seen the Fate of the Furious. That one is after uh, this, Paul Walker one? died. Uh, I don't know. I don't know when he died. What? I think he, he died in two thousand. He might have died in seven. Yeah, I think it was Furious Seven. The biggest Paul sin. Walker dead. I'm not uh, sure what I'm not sure what the bigger sin here is. I'm not sure if he it's died the in fact 2013. Was six then. Hmm. I'm not sure if the bigger yeah, sin here is the fact that they did the Fast and the uh-huh, Furious no. and he Fast and Furious. He finished filming on 7 before no, he there we died. Go. I was right. Jeez. Sorry, Keith. I, yeah. I don't know if it's worse That's that they a- just reuse the same fucking title twice between the Fast and the Furious and Fast and Furious where it's just they just removed the, the, the thus <laughs> or 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 if it's worse that after a whole franchise of wacky titles fucking six is just literally just called the Fast and the Furious six <laughs> like wait what the fuck that's like that's like when they had Mario Kart 8 and it's like wait you haven't been numbering any of these why did you start wait with, I mean seven yeah Mario Kart 7 they just suddenly had a number and you're like what <laughs> these were never numbered wait it, oh, okay it's weird uh, I, this oh, is uh, oh, yeah, i, I get the impression that all of these are decided by committee they just come up with a list and they okay choose it get some focus groups to say what's the coolest and that's it well so na- naming is always a marketing decision so yeah. there's always somebody who says hey it, we have a better chance if we name it mario kart 8 and not mario kart because like 
someone's gonna I, there's more demand for a sequel than there is uh, a need to get new players in so like you don't have to call it mario kart because you don't want to like exclude people like oh i didn't play the other 15 mario karts is that okay <laughs> it's like it, do, it, it doesn't well, matter I, well, like I it's mario kart nuance eight. yeah like and so if you call it like <laughs> mario kart 8 people are like finally a new mario kart huh? like that's all they care about and it's the same frustrating logic that. of them being like new super mario and like now all those games are old yeah like that or the new ds like oh you want hey i still have my new 3ds like remember when there was a name. there was a weird stream of <laughs> string of games that were called like game name next yeah i hate that yeah, I, oh. I hate that naming scheme like everquest next was going to be a thing i think it's just scrapped now uh and yeah. like i think no man's sky one of its big like like the, one of the big updates Forever that was Quest. supposed to save it was supposed to be like No Man's Sky next, and it's like, uh. They do what that a, every once in a while, just if, like, as internal designations. It's like a callous, Marking. dismissive title for your thing. It doesn't. It doesn't even tell me that you care about. So why should I care about it? Uh, next thing well, you're gonna tell me, you're gonna call it Revelations. It's like, well, I guess I don't have to buy this one. <laughs> could wow, I come up with Keith, a better? come up with a better title Think than about Revelations? I mean, have you, seen, of the have you seen the name of sport title games? Oh my god, sport! Oh, it's just the year. sport year. <laughs> like, yeah, <laughs> that's that's all it is. Every time, forever. You can't even put like a tagline like "This year's gonna be good." It's just sport year. It's just their target audience <laughs> to some extent. Because like all oh, the sports Those... are the sport because the real life sports are just about like what year it is. It's like ah, oh, it's Super Bowl Fifty and shit like that, and like. And to some extent, just like car models and so on, like oh, it's the 2013 Honda Civic or whatever the fuck. It's like, it's like that's the that's the kind of branding that sports games are going for. That's all they're after. It's like ah, oh, just just kind so you're sure topic, this is the new one. Buy it. But why, why the fuck do Super Bowls have Roman numerals? I don't know. Didn't fifty not have one? Yeah, fifty didn't yeah, have 50 one because they were afraid of. They they seemed to be like a, afraid of explaining to people what L meant. So so the so this, uh, they Super still Bowl have to fifty it was now. suddenly the number fifty instead of L, because that's but the now Roman it's L one one or L I I or L yeah you know yeah they kept the they've kept the Roman numerals before and after but for some reason when it was fifty they put fifty. <laughs> Video games also do that. They're Why? Like, for... like football didn't exist in Roman times. This is this some <laughs> kind of like fucking thing we stole from them? Like what the fuck? Why would you use Ro just use numbers? We I have mean, numbers. Everything that uses Roman numerals doesn't date back to Romans. It's just a it's just a, like, it's just a stylistic choice like Final Fantasy. It's it's specifically weird with football though. Like why? Why why would <laughs> why, why do you like I, I don't understand what it's like, you know, it has all this hype, all this production, and then it's like L one one one. You're like, what the fuck is this? Just Yeah. Put put the fucking number there. Well, what is wrong uh, with they, you? People just think Roman numerals look cool, I think. But that's but the problem. That's it the does problem. That's the up problem until like ten. After ten it doesn't look good anymore. Now it looks like you're spelling a word wrong. Where you're like, what? <laughs> Why? There's letters now. What I think, the hell I think it's fine for a while. I think the issue is when you run into uh, 50. Because once you start getting to like more recognizable letters, and you're like, oh, okay, this is something else. But like, uh, like one through like 
I think 48 because <laughs> 49 is like IL, I think, and that looks bad. Uh, no, 49 is XXX uh, V IX. No, what XXX IX? That's how it is. No, oh, Super, uh, Bowl, for, I Super Bowl 49 right. is live, it's LIV. No, I think you go for 40s, uh, 4Xs, no. right? That'd be, four, it's that'd be 54, Andrew. Is it XL? Oh, I'm sorry, you're right. It's uh, XLIX to decimal to numbers. It is XLIX, isn't it? I haven't like, done. There's a Super Bowl XXXV111. Like fuck you, yeah. dude. Just <laughs> yeah. put the fucking up. Put the fucking number there. Like, I think I Just, think part of the appeal of of Roman numerals is that it spams a lot of X's and V's, which are like cool letters. So you put those in your title instead of like a number. And I think that I think, that's, I think it's that simple. I think that's why there's an appeal for Roman numerals for like Final Fantasy and shit. It's, like it's got an X in the title. X is Cell, Mega Man, and for X, Resident why is it Evil X. I don't know. It's next. Well, it's like Village, X's. and it doesn't have a seven or eight. It's it, fucking it's, dumb. It just looks then, fucking dumb. Like this logo looks atrociously ugly, and I hate it. Like I, you you couldn't even make a good logo because there's so many fucking letters that you couldn't fit anything. Like, all of them usually have some kind of, like, fancy, like, they'll have a trophy there. They'll have, like, oh, we're going to use the letters to make something. But it's just, like, no, circle, super, XXXVIII, bowl. That's it. <laughs> Can't do nothing else with it. It's too big. Like, the rings must have been awful. Like, the rings probably be, like, the literal size of, like, a fucking hand just to fit all the damn letters on the side and the person's name. We're like, wow, this is a good ring. Love it. My problem. Size of my fucking car. My problem yeah, is when wow, games I'm have, looking, have. I'm looking the, at the list here now. I'm actually genuinely confused. I, I don't understand Roman numerals as much as I thought I did. <laughs> I don't think they understand Roman numerals as some, much as they thought they did. I because I guess you subtract because I, I know that if you put something if you put a smaller thing before a big thing, then it's like subtracting. Yeah, but I didn't realize that you start that because I, I guess because when you get to four. You put it before you put it before the the number for five, for example, and that's mm -hmm. when you get to the weird part of Roman numerals. I didn't realize that that applies also to like tens and fifties and other higher intervals. Yep. So yeah, like forty is XL. Yep. And then you just count to ten basically after the XL for forty one to forty nine. So yeah, forty nine is XLIX instead of just I thought it'd just be IL because it's one less than L, but it's XLIX. No. Like what the. This is a lot. Yeah. This is a, this it's is unnecessary. Make... Yeah, it's weird. And the thing is, but, it's non-standard as well. But they had a it. chance. They had a fucking chance to cure this problem. They had 50. They just could have just kept going. Just 51, 52. 50. No, they just were like, nope, going right back to fucking Roman numerals. Like, no, no. Yeah. You, you, you did it. You did it. You broke away from this really shitty, ugly fucking trope. If I like, remember correctly from people uh, complaining about it, uh, I think... Super Bowl was also already misusing its Roman numerals uh, leading up to 50 anyway, too. Mostly to avoid uh, having an L, I think. So it would just be like, mm. more X's. Well, yeah, because it looks stupid as fuck when it's Super Bowl. Like, oops, Bowl. put an extra L, though. <laughs> Super like, Bowl. <laughs> like, you put two L's after oh Bowl. Like, maybe, that is, maybe that is why they did 50. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, it looked stupid I, I, I just like, had the thought of like maybe the aesthetics of an l isn't great both because it's just a letter that doesn't 
feel Roman numerally inherently, but also because it's the letter for losing. It's like, I'll take the L. And it's like, that's not great. But yeah, when you spell it out, it's super it's, bowl. It looks like someone misspelled bowl. And then it looks awful because every <clears throat> single thing you print has a misspelling of, of bowl on it. Like, it's no wonder keep, just, that... Just use numbers. Otherwise, no if that, you're not going to use numbers, then stop being a fucking coward and commit to making the score also Roman numerals. Because I don't, I don't want to sit here and see your ass using regular numbers for the scoring system, but you're not going to use it for the name of your your Super Bowl. Because if you're going to go Roman, go all out. It's no wonder that the Arabic numerals just took over. They're so much easier for so many reasons. I, oh, wanna, right. I actually want to. I just remember. I remember there's something I want to ask you, Colonel. Is a. Uh, hmm. I, I don't know if you've looked into it because it's being listed as an RPG. Have you looked into Biomutant at all? Nope, I don't know what it is. Then never mind. <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> I I'm coming up on Rise finishing, so it's time to pick a new RPG. And there's always that question of like, do I do I play the most recently released Western RPG, or do I dig into my backlog of like my to do list of like, oh, time to play. Oh. Who's a seventy five or whatever? You know <clears throat> what? Actually, I did look into Biomutant. I saw it in a list earlier today, and yeah. I looked at the pictures, and I couldn't figure out a thing from the screenshots on on Steam. Yeah, it's just, I, it it's, looks. It feels a little impenetrable. I'm trying. I'm trying to poke into it, being like, it does it. Is it going to be a meaty enough RPG on the on what I consider to be RPG elements to be a thing, or is it just an open it world could, like loot grinder kind of game or what is this and i'm like okay let's look at the pedigree of the past games by the developer it's like oh it's their first game great i have nothing <laughs> to latch on to yeah i End looked of, up a video like, about the story and it was some six minute video by some enthusiast youtuber that's like trying to hype up on the game and clearly trying to like preset their uh youtube account as being like uh the the go-to place the for go-to. stuff about biomutant and they said fucking nothing about the story and i literally didn't even see a single scene of like people talking to each other even and i'm like what do people talk to each other in this game and like that <laughs> i and like what i got out of the idea what, what i got out of the idea of the game seems really cool which is that you play as these like these strange hard to identify anthropomorphic like characters that like they seem to like just pick up traits basically like so like you're evolving your character the way you do in rpgs by leveling them up and picking things for them but you're doing it by like almost in like a spore kind of way of like picking up entire characteristics and changing your way your character looks and behaves and in my brain i think of a cooler game of like oh like suddenly he's got like raptor claws and like a fox tail and like all these weird bizarre amalgamations of like animal traits and so on because that that's the powers you wanted to mix together for your weird form it's like you're so you're like some sort of advanced version of like beast boy from teen titans or <laughs> something but then i look at the screenshots of ev- like every single image of the character is like a really similar looking guy with different maybe different like markings and he's just kind of vaguely poofy and i can't identify almost any traits on him and then i see gameplay footage and all the monsters that he's fighting also just like like vague poofy dudes and all gives me a weird Viva Pinata vibe with like the fur and the yeah, colorness. That's like the colorfulness and the fur. Yeah. And I'm like, is it, is it just going to be a bunch of samey looking like poofy things fighting each other with no real like detail I have a, to it? I, I have a lot of trouble when games don't define their genre immediately. Yeah. And just say things like, like none of this 
all the all the titles are i'm looking at the steam page right now and all of them are just written as if it's just assumed that games have combat and i'm like mm. i mean it's okay for games to be all about combat i like a lot of games that are all about combat but this game doesn't say anything about its combat. It's just like, oh, we're going to evolve. You're going to craft. Yeah. You're going to be All of the a stuff, new monster. You know, like, every time you look at something this, in Brad's house, it's a Kung Fu RPG. And every time you look at gameplay, it's people shooting. And I'm like, what? <laughs> Wait, what do you mean the game is the this is the company's first game? Yeah, Experiment, Experiment 101. 101. It's a new studio. This is, oh, okay. Cause, uh, On Steam anyway. I was gonna say it looks no, like their it's, website. Uh, There's nothing. <laughs> they, the, oh yeah, because it, it looks like the company was formed by previous Avalanche Studio employees, so they all were from Just Cause. Ah, uh, that's not a good sign. Oh, so no, it's just, not. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> everything I'm finding about it sounds like it's an open world uh, RPG. Yeah. Well, that's uh, also so, not a good sign. <laughs> well, I know it's open world. That's the only part of the description that's definable and concrete of like what it means it It says open world everywhere but i'm like Mm -hmm. yeah i I hear open world post-apocalyptic kung fu rpg i'm like is this gonna be some crazy jade Jade empire shit and i'm like all right let's do this and then then i see the weird like creature protagonist that keeps picking up different traits seemingly from like its environment or whatever to adapt like like it's like you know rapid fire evolution or whatever and i'm like okay that seems interesting but then every time i look at anything of it i just see either I see combat with a lot of shooting or I see somebody just kind of running around a lot and I'm like, okay, but like world stakes, <laughs> dialogue, yeah. choices, like uh, other stuff. And then, yeah, you say that's tied to avalanche. And I'm like, oh, okay, that's not great news. <laughs> Cause it seems like, yeah, it looks like it seems like it, the RPG like probably, the... probably tacked on and it's more of like the, it's the game's probably more of the Ubisoft brand of like, here's a big open world go do every task on the, that all these icons are and that's kind of an off that's kind of off-putting it, yeah, yeah it kind of looks like it's a mix between that and like metroid mania so it seems like the idea is that you change your abilities to meet specific challenges so like oh you got to fight these guys and you need to change your attack to be this to counter them or i want to get into this area of the map i guess i need to give myself robot legs like it looks like you're you're not you're you're changing your character to fit the needs of a situation and not changing your character to have a specific like the problem character the pro- you're not trying to like the- build a cool guy and making your way through life with it like in cyberpunk you're basically like okay i'm gonna need to do everything so it's like Ze- more like zelda where okay it's the fire temple i gotta put on my fire tunic and make sure i the have problem- my fancy stuff the thing is, like, the way it's written and the way you're describing it, it might as well be, oh, it just gives you a little bonus when fighting these monsters or when going through this level, if you have this sort of gear. And it, it doesn't, because it could be like Metroidvania, like you're saying, or it could just be extra bonuses versus water monsters. I also can't decide yeah. if I like looking at it or not. Like, I'm looking at footage and it's like, it. it's yeah, so I'll be honest, colorful. It yeah. kind of doesn't look appealing. It's a uh, lot. At, like, like visually it, it looks too like, like yeah like every now and then i see a vista that's like oh that's that's nice and then i then i then then i see another shot and it's like it's so extremely colorful and he's like riding like a blue moose and it's just like a lot and i'm like okay you went past wind waker and you landed in fortnite and like that's more or less the problem <laughs> like like i love colorful games but there's a specific garish irritating look to fortnite and mm-hmm. When stuff gets in that territory, I'm just like, okay, yep. like look like a place a little bit at least. Like, 
chill well, there's a like car- bit. there's cartoony and commercial cartoony and fortnite yeah. is a lot more commercial cartoony a specific like child brand of yeah of cartoon yeah. for kids kind of look which is like it's just too much because it's like hyper saturated it's like it's like it's just trying to hit maximum stimulation visually at at the cost of any visual design and you're like please chill <laughs> please chill yeah, out then it just becomes noise like, at a certain point like it, it took just... me a second to find the the character on that picture like it's just everything's just so much there's just so much yeah. going on i i yeah i don't i don't know i don't think i don't think any of the characters stand out enough against this background which is like not good you know in skyrim it's hard to not miss the people like you can easily find a person in skyrim because it's just so bland and boring and void yeah. also but this is a, like so lush and colorful when it comes out to figure but, out if i think first of all like what, whether i even want to play it at all but then also like i gotta figure out how to categorize it like do i think whether i should think of it as like a an rpg slot kind of thing or like modern triple a kind of thing i can tell you what steam is telling me that the, the if this game is relevant to me and and can i just say once again that steam is trashed find new games uh, and, uh, we can have a discussion about that, but it tells me that uh, with a check mark, green check mark, similar to games you've played, and there's a game that I've played almost 300 hours, and another one that I've played more than 150, and those two games are Fallout New Vegas and Dark Souls Three. For me, it's Fallout Four and Monster Hunter World. <laughs> what? Okay. What the fuck? Are, How do you go from like Dark Souls to games, Monster obviously. Hunter? What? The obviously, fuck? I mean, they are similar. Dark Souls and Monster Hunter is a closer relationship than Fallout. <laughs> well, at least I they, think it's just going for. At least they're both is it RPG? like melee games go. with animation priority, which is a really well, specific I mean, but, brand of combat that isn't actually much, much used much elsewhere than those two franchises. I just meant more in like the sense of RPG. Like, there's a big difference between Dark Souls RPG and Monster Hunter RPG. Yeah, like uh, yeah, to I the don't point know. where that, some I, people don't even think of. Uh, one of them as RPG. There'll be a big old debate. Yeah. So there'll yeah, be the people. There'll be people. There'll be, be people that are like, ah, there's so much depth in Monster Hunter. It's way more of an RPG. And I'm like, uh, Dark Souls has narrative choices, and Monster Hunter has zero. So one of them is 100 percent RPG, and the other one's zero percent RPG. Mm-hmm. Have, have you guys played fight, uh, fight, punch, kill? Have you guys played New Resident Evil? Nope. I can't. Okay. I uh, I put up a vote and people voted for my, uh, by a factor of two to one voted for Subnautica. I was surprised. I was it really destroyed surprised. Resident oh, Evil 8. I'm not that, so I'm, I'm not so that I, surprised for Subnautica. So I'm not, so but, I'm not yeah. playing it until Below Zero is done. Oh wait, for Subnautica? Gotcha. No, no, no. I was I was thinking of uh, didn't didn't uh, it go up on um, on your is latest Patreon series? No, no, no. The latest Patreon series of Keith. I thought no, the, that's it Paper was already Mario. out. Yeah. yeah, yeah, but like I, I think I saw a new game that got released. I thought it was Village. Uh, it wasn't I'm out yet. Yeah, I'm, I'm mistaken. You, then you can't vote for things that don't exist yet. <laughs> yeah, uh, but I was like, it's like two different things that did that. Like, there's like things I cover, and it's like whatever. And then there's things that I that I cover that's like stuff that's really interesting to me and i want to play the stuff related to it and the audience really likes it and so on so it kind of becomes like a no-brainer that i'll play the sequels kind of stuff like dark souls and but but like i see resident evil and subnautica as that so it's really an awkward moment when they both had sequels within a week of each other and i'm like oh yeah. fuck that schedule doesn't work that way 
Yeah, I was, yeah. I was curious. I wanted to know. Uh, I yeah, I guess I'll have to wait. Uh, there's like a there's a weird feeling I have about uh, I guess at least the first person Resident Evil games, and I don't know if it's like me just being, uh, and maybe I'm just not the target demographic for it or not. Just trying to figure that out. I but, I got the impression I haven't played any yet, uh, either Village or or Seven. But I got the impression that they really focused on the body horror more, starting from seven. And uh, uh, I, I I'm starting to I'm starting to feel like first person Resident Evils are just a really bad uh, escape room game. Like, <laughs> they're they're getting they're getting to a point now where I'm like, all right, I'm spending a lot of time solving really stupid puzzles. Like PC shit, really like, influenced them a lot, didn't they? Like, no one should be building a house like this, really. This is absurd. Like, it. how do you fucking go to the bathroom in these places? Because, like, every goddamn door requires, like, 15 steps and, like, a, a tablet from some other part of the town. And you're like, how the fuck do you even get in your house? Like, I can't get into your house without 15 things outside of your house. How do you get in? Like, do, how, oh, yeah. you can't they lock never, the door, really I guess? Sense, like, they're, they're, the, they're the ones that take after the... Uh... The original Resident Evil, where you're in the Spencer Mansion, and there's like this whole process to like uncovering how to get to the the all the different areas, and you pick up like a tablet fragment or a statue or a jewel, and you figure out where it goes, and there's different keys and so on. Yeah, but like <clears throat> those are my favorite. That's my favorite part of Resident Evil. <laughs> I, I specifically yeah, I agree. like it better when it's okay. when it's uh, that style of game than I and I'd like it a lot less when it's the, the style of five and six. Or it's just a action gauntlet. Oh, so seven. So I seven like, focuses I more on that. I don't like five or six either. Seven's like, in the style. Of, like... Seven's in the style of the original two. Yeah. Hmm. Well, in, I thought it yeah, was uh, it's, more focused it's first on, person, on like. But... Yeah, but I thought it was more focused on the, uh, on just sort of like dealing with quick time events and stuff like that. No. For... No, no. I don't no, think no. there's a single I didn't like... quick time. Uh, I didn't there play it or watch any events. Anything, so. Uh, there's at least not like reaction time quick time events I think there's I think there's just a couple of like cinematic struggle QTEs for a second where you got yeah. oh, pull the knife the... out of your guts or whatever yeah because that's the stuff that always makes it to the trailers and that's the yeah, stuff I get but that's, to see but that's, and not, like, oh, I that's not gameplay though that's not like the gameplay yeah, no. <laughs> I see that's just a yeah, that's moment just to moment gameplay moments. is a lot of it's just trying like you're taking a thing from one point to the other and something suspenseful is either chasing you around or all of the above within your destination to get back so it's like mm -hmm. oh i found the thing and now to bring it to the thing and you're like uh oh but the thing is chasing after me so i gotta avoid yeah. that and like yeah that's that's the original resident evil yeah for that's me that's for me that's it, that's the core appeal is safe okay, room so oriented then I'm just, gameplay then i'm just not the i am not yeah. the target demographic because it's well, like if, yeah I, if, if you don't like the other yeah. type either then you've you probably will just never like any Resident Evil games. <laughs> and that's fine. I just wanted to be sure because I'm just like, it's all right. Like, there there are some good scary moments, but I kind of wish, like, that was the game. Like, I kind of wish the game was scary. But a lot of yeah, it no. is just I this, think like... Silent Hill is better it's at like being monotonous. scary. No, Res I, uh, Silent Hill's not... Eh. No. You Silent, think so? No. For me, Resident Evil 1 and 2 and 7 and uh they're tense they're not necessarily scary they're like they're tense because you know the stakes you know the, the you know you might not have healing or you might not have weapons 
It might. Not, I, I don't know for where me, that's where, that's where some of the fear comes from. Is like the it's it's the constant oh, see. St- ratcheting of tension of like in in one two and seven and so on. Like you, it's it's safe room oriented co- gameplay where you get to the safe room desperately and then you look in your and you're like you're like dealing with monsters throughout and you're trying to figure out what stuff to grab and what stuff to to bring with you and then you're like you run out of inventory space and you try to figure out what to do with that you get to so when you get to the safe room you're like okay my goal is over there that's where i'm trying to get to look at this map here's i can look at the map and figure out a route to go there which i think will work but it's a mixture yeah, of it's a good guess. Stuff. It's a mixture of guesswork and memory because you're like, okay, like the map says it'll work, but what was actually there? Are there like liquors there and shit that'll like destroy me? Or like, is Mister <laughs> X gonna be walking through that part of the place at the time? And then you're like, okay, I, I, I gotta, I got, I'm gonna take these many, this many supplies with me and leave this much space in my inventory empty for grabbing things on my trip. And I'm gonna choose to like use like like there's certain resources you can make to like into ammo versus healing items and like there's like choices to be made back in there that are all like calculated risks yeah. and then it all goes to shit <laughs> like in the field like when you're actually dealing with like okay i think i can deal with this or like oh if i or like oh i'm gonna have to get through the liquor room and like there's a way to avoid uh, the liquors if i behave a certain way and all I, I just have to make sure that i don't agitate them and make this into an instant death combat nightmare and then mr x busts through the wall and you're like oh fuck like that like that, <laughs> that those levels of uncertainty and planning and trying to figure out what you're doing is like that's part of the stuff and like and like that's a mixture of like having too many enemies that you probably don't want to kill all of because they they take like too much ammo to kill and there's only so much ammo so you want to like you're you're constantly choosing to like certain to try to like leave certain ones alive and evade around them crossed with like certain elements like yeah like the the family from seven or mr x are like characters that like you can't really defeat so you have to like completely avoid them and like have routes yeah. planned to, to like deal with those things uh like that's, that's that's like the core gameplay for me and there's like i'm like that it's i need to be i need to be like mechanically engaged on some level and have mm-hmm. a lot going on and like the subnautica thing to some extent where i'm like there's like like that that has the same appeal where like i have my base that's my own self-designed safe room and every second i'm not in my base i'm either losing oxygen in my tanks or i'm losing power in the vehicle i'm driving instead of using my oxygen tanks and like i want to like make a loop to a part of the world out there but there's no map and like I have a vague idea of which biomes are in which directions and where I am. And yes, I can make my way back to the base easily because there's a beacon there that tells me the waypoint. But as I'm exploring, I'm like, oh, do I want to push further into this weird bluish area? Like, am I going to find like this resource that I really need or the next piece of tech that will give me like the blueprints for like the next like trajectory of my goals systems and so on. But like, I'm hearing weird sounds in that direction. Like, do I want to make this risk? Like (laughs) being, being mechanically engaged and having things that are my goals that I'm juggling with the scary stuff and the things that can go wrong. And then, and then having the chance at any moment to be like surprised and have to throw my window, my plan out the window and improvise. Like that's great. Silent Hill. That has like no mechanics. There's nothing. Yeah. You have a yeah. pistol. You eventually have a shotgun and maybe some other gun. You have a fuck ton of ammo and you just, no, that, but you just kill everything and watch some spooky things happen sometimes. And like the atmosphere is really good, but like, yeah, there's the games are never really, cha- the games are almost never challenging and there's almost no stakes in many cases. So it's just, it's mostly just like, 
it's almost relaxing honestly like it, there's a funny thing in my silent hill one and two playthroughs where i had a self i essentially created a self-imposed challenge that people complain about in the comments because i i had played resident evil before and was expecting survival horror to you know feature survival mechanics or any mechanics so yeah. i would like run past monsters in silent hill games because but i think I, that's I, why I, you I, say that, that i think that's why you say there's so much so much ammo because if uh my experience with silent hill one is that experience of of uh no that's the those, that's of, the big that's the big takeaway it's like i ran past so many monsters and had such an absurd amount of ammo that i was like for sure wait yeah, you're right I'm playing it wrong like running past them yeah. is stupid i could just shoot them all and in later game and then and yeah when i get to like four when it's like a pain uh, yeah, in the ass to so run much. past things because you have a follower like you, you just shoot everybody and you're like yeah the comments were right i could have been doing this the entire franchise like you could just shoot them all. You have so much ammo. If you're just searching enough, you'll just have so much ammo. You can kill every stupid blind nurse and you don't have to deal with the fact that they're a threat. Because like I literally, I, get... I think I literally ran out of space for ammo in the, in the early Silent Hill games. Like I had hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of bullets and it was comical. It's like I genuinely could have just been shooting them all the whole time. But then there's no stakes. I, I, it's like that's not interesting. My only, my only experience is the first one that I almost finished. And uh, the second one, which I played a little bit, but my experience with the first one was just running out of ammo. I I didn't have enough ammo, uh, and I I died a lot. Like it was, it was a tense game, but I think it was like the pushing forward into the next room after knowing, like it's a, it's a dip. Like I saw your all of your let's plays of of Silent Hill, including four, and I did not like four. Yeah. I didn't didn't like it, <laughs> but. Um, I know, I know what you're talking about. Like your experience, I know what you're saying, and yeah, you're right. But my experience was different, though. When I, I played it, I played it like I think I was like 16 or 17, uh, the first one, and uh, it just, yeah, I thought I thought it was a scarier game because of the ambiance. I think because for me, Resident Evil was always more goofy and more cartoonish. Oh yeah, people people why. would hate people would hate me saying it, but I feel like Resident Evil, I feel like Silent Hill would benefit from instead of chasing instead of I, being styled yeah. after a resident evil game the way that they all are they'd be better off being styled at well pt started doing this like they'd be better off being styled potentially like modern indie horror games where you don't have that much ability to fight back and so on because like yeah it really defangs like the whole aesthetic of silent hill when you could just shoot all the things <laughs> which is every silent hill game basically that's yeah. the, that's the problem i'm having with like resident evil uh, where I'm at the point now where like, okay, you're not making anything scary. Like you're like, the games aren't scary anymore. They're just kind of like comically goofy. Where it's like, uh Oh, villain of the week. What can they do? And it's like, all right, whatever. And you just move along. But like a lot of the game is about knowing where pieces go in a puzzle. And it makes a lot more sense when you're when you have the context of like oh there's like keith is talking about there's this tense situation where you got to figure out what you got to do and you got to make a plan and it's like or you could just do the andrew method and just walk there and if someone shows up you just turn left and go down a hallway and then walk around behind them like Real you can cool resident evil doesn't, <laughs> like resident <laughs> evil doesn't give you a lot of situations where you're screwed it's always like uh oh there's a thing but if you're not like if you're not panicking you can easily just walk away from the thing uh like multiple times now i've had enemies chasing me and i just walk and to the thing i'm supposed to go to and they're following games. behind me 
And it's like, yeah, but like, but PT stuff is way better. PT is like a really good example of how you can have, have the first person horror cake and, and also eat the second, like have the puzzle mechanics at the same time. And it works perfectly. Like no, PT is a great. You hated it. You hated PT. I hated it because <laughs> I, I hated, I hated PT because it was the wrong kind of puzzles where like the puzzles yeah. make zero fucking it was, sense. It was ARG but, bullshit where you're supposed to, yeah, like, the internet was but, supposed to collectively solve it like, via bashing their face against it for a week but then they found it in like a, an hour <laughs> yeah but like the the like the game i recently finished was a uh, visage and that's fantastic that basically did like what if we combined resident evil and pt and it's amazing it's great you like you get a thing and you're like okay cool i have a thing what the fuck is this thing for and you don't know, and the game doesn't have to tell you because, like, <laughs> that's the terror. You're just like, I want to get the fuck out of this house. How, what does this thing do? And so you have to, like, think in your head while there's something always behind you or something, like, whispering around the corner. And, like, a TV goes off or the door slams shut. And you're like, what the fuck? Is there someone here? Is there, like, a ghost here? Come on. Come out. And you open the door, and there's nothing there. And you're like, all right, I guess I'm crazy. And then, like, you know, you there's a lot of, like, great atmosphere mixed with fun puzzles and i think like resident evil is just here's a bunch of fun puzzles but we fucking dumped our atmosphere out the out the did you play the did you play the remake of two no i didn't play the old ones because i i cannot i cannot do third person i can't it it sucks i hate it uh even even when it's uh even when it controls like a third person shooter instead of the old tank games yeah, because I if if I'm gonna have combat, it needs to be first person. I'm not, I'm not gonna fuck around with third person shit anymore. I don't yeah. need to. Like that, I can. Because what I, I found have, interesting I is like, I, feel, I feel like they did a really good job at ratcheting it up. Because like w- one of the things that comes to mind for what's so effective about these games is partly what we saw in like Resident Evil Two, where it's like the tension. There's a lot of the fear and tension comes from the struggle, and the struggle comes from the fact that it's often just like it's just overwhelming. Like you'll be like you'll be in like Leon's you'll like be you'll find the like the the desk room that where Leon's uh the room where Leon's desk would have been amongst with all the other desks. It's like it's 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 shaped like a ring essentially. Like you can like loop around and so you have these situations where you have like this fucking zombie getting up and then you trying to you like do I run up at random or do I shoot him? And then you, as you go around the fucking a second one gets up, you're like, oh now we can't use the fucking loop. Now it's a problem. Now I gotta now I gotta kill one of these guys or retreat via the door behind me. And when you're shooting one of them, it's like you get a headshot, but headshots don't kill them in that game. So it's like the head's fucking flopping around and shit because they recoil from every impact. And so it's this big struggle to like land exactly the right number of shots. Like you don't want to like spam your shots because you'll spend too much ammo when he's actually already dead. It's you want to you don't you don't want to make that mistake. So you're kind of like gauging each shot, trying to figure out whether or not you're it's lethal again. But you're like keeping an eye on both zombies at once while they're approaching, and it takes time to kill either of them. And this like every time you're this whole time you're like there's a struggle to the aiming itself because of like the trying to precariously like land these shots on these weirdly these weirdly shambling creatures that just they move so strangely and it's like a struggle to hit the right spot each time so you can waste shots missing and then all of this careful planning can just completely fucking go sideways when when like you miss you misgauge the range or whatever and they just fucking actually end up grabbing you or you run you try to run past one and you think you can make it and you can't and they grab you and bite you and you're like all right well this is literally negative progress good job me or these, or they they made liquors fucking terrifying. 
Liquors are just yeah. fucking lethal, and they just jump straight at you from walls at you, you and shit. And you're like, what the? F-? So like immediately, you're like, wow, I'm terrified of these things. Don't want to deal with these ever again. Uh, and you'll have yeah. situations where like you're running down a hallway, and you're like, there's a zombie coming at me, and I want to shoot the zombie because the hallway is too narrow for me to get past the zombie. But I can't shoot the zombie because there's liquor on the ceiling and they're attracted to sound. So that'll activate the liquor and it'll kill me for me trying to fight the zombie. So do I try to just duck past the zombie and hope for the best? Because it biting me is even worse, potentially, because that might activate everything. And then as you're having all this thought, fucking Mr. X busts down the door behind you and this fucking unstoppable Terminator is chasing you. So whatever you're doing, you got to do it now. And it's like these fucking moments are intense and insane. You're like, I just I'm so fucking overwhelmed. And that the uh, that was that stuff was really cool, and the fact that instead of being a bunch of separate loading room doors like old Resident Evil games were, this one's one continuous building, so you can literally just hear Mister X stomping around like upstairs or over on your right, like through a wall, and you're like, there's a constant reminder he's somewhere. <laughs> and like they they did some really mm-hmm. cool stuff with that stuff, but yeah, you'd have to just tolerate being it being third person. Yeah, just the combat in third person games are not enjoyable for me. I have like all of my skill is first person. So like Resident Evil 8 is just this comical like, oh, God, we shouldn't have invited this guy over. Like, it's just, (laughs) you you know, you just walk in and a zombie shows up. You're like, all right, cool. Headshot, headshot, knife, knife, dead. Headshot, headshot, knife, knife, dead. Like, just it doesn't nothing matters. And there's no stakes like any enemy that can be killed will be killed instantly. Because like I just have good accuracy. I'm used to doing McCree and Overwatch. So it's just like click, click, knife, (laughs) knife all right, move on. And it's like, oh, you can increase difficulties like that. Yeah, but that just makes them bullet sponges. And I'm not going to waste my time. Like, what am I? There's there's no, it doesn't add intensity because the game, the maps are at least in eight. The maps are so easy to just walk away from. So you can say like, oh, there's an enemy. Bye. And you just walk away. And the enemy can't <laughs> just, it's like, all right, I guess he's gone now. Like, they're all slow. They're all, they're, they're, you're never stuck in a place with them. You're never like, oh no, I can't go away. But like, you know, I'm trapped with zombies. Like, no, you can just leave. Just walk out the window or, like, <laughs> walk past them sideways. Because they all have long build-up animations. And so you can, if you're really bored, you, like I do, you, there's certain animation <laughs> wind-ups that you can get to a certain extent and then shoot them and they recoil back. And then you can just keep them in this beautiful loop where it's just like, <laughs> and headshot, and headshot, and head, And it's like, yeah, at some point, like, I felt bad because I'm trying to engage with the game, but I'm like, holy shit, guys. Like, I'm I'm having more fun, like, breaking your game than I am playing the game. Like, this is a... Like, I literally watched... There was, like, a, you know, it has, like, the Mr. Mr. X character chasing after you or whatever. And there's a room in, the, in one of the places that has a merchant. So you can just go in, and the enemy doesn't chase you in there. It's a safe room. So I, w- I just kept, like, walking out, and the person would walk down the stairs, and I'd go into the safe room. <laughs> I'd walk out and the person would like get just a little bit further down the stairs walk back in the safe room then walk out and the person gets right to the front door and then you go back in the safe room and then you hear them like walking away and you come outside and you're like hey and they turn around come walking towards you like this game is so <laughs> it's so dumb it's so dumb when you can easily do that stuff and it's i don't know it's just like i i and again these maps are really easy to remember maybe i don't maybe they're supposed to be not as easy but it feels like they're all just very obvious hallways you know when you're in the wrong spot you go like oh i'm in this room i know exactly where i am i just have to make this turn and that turn and go down the stairs and i'm back where i need to be and 
I mean, I've watched two other people uh, playing it, and they don't seem to have that skill. So maybe I'm not. <laughs> like, maybe I've just played too many games, and that's my fault. But How dare like, you. that's like when I had hmm. the when I had like I had a picture like when it comes to horror games, I always do like snapshot memory of the location I'm at if I'm because I'm trying not to get stuck. And like in when I played Visage, even though I had this memory, it meant fucking nothing. Like, cause you would walk to a place and you're like, okay, cool, this is great. But like everything is terrifying. Like it doesn't matter how well I know the environment, every single part of it is out to get me. Whereas Resident Evil is just like, there's a person in a place and they don't like you. And you're like, oh, okay, so just don't go to the person. It's like, yeah, yeah, don't go to the person. It's like, kind of a fascinating okay. breakdown of how subjective and weird horror is. Because we, yeah, and, we but, literally all land on different things. None of but us like, agree. I'll, but, I, <laughs> yeah. but, I'm also, but I'm also playing Fatal Frame see. right now. And Fatal Frame is fantastic. It is so good. And that's a third person. But there's no... But it, it has the great distinction of being a third person game with first person combat. Because when you fight, you go into camera mode, which is a first person view. And so... It's a perfect well, also, play. All your McCree it, stats aren't exactly helping anyway because it's a fucking like photography well, game. Yeah, it's also <laughs> it's a photography a, game. It's Pokemon but, Snap, but, the horror franchise. But it does have quick, it basically has a QTE moment where you have to hit, ideally you're supposed to take a picture of them right as they get to a certain point of their windup. And so that's where like the Resident Evil thing kicks in when you're like, oh, I'm really good at doing the timing of like, the bar fills up and now you get the like fatal frame shot and then it like does a whole bunch of damage. And so like, I've never run into a ghost yet where I can't just two shot them where I'm like, mm -hmm. huh, huh, and then I'm out. But that's great because when they come out, it's, I'm still It's also terrified. funny though, because you're still, you're like, still thinking, you're still thinking of it entirely in like mechanical terms. And it's like, you're like, you've dissected it down to the, uh, where it doesn't have like the same impact in a weird way. Cause the, uh, but, the point but of that mechanic, because, like, from what I've heard, it. is that the idea is that, like it's it forces you to deal like because the assumption of uh, in every horror game is that you're actually afraid of the thing it's interacting with, and if that doesn't work, then uh, uh but yeah, but because uh, <laughs> like the whole game doesn't work in that case. But uh, the tri the whole reason that mechanic exists, from what I've heard, because I haven't played Fatal Frame before, is that they want you to force yourself to stare at the thing that you're afraid of. Because like reflexively, you just want to be like, ah, fuck. And then you just uh, immediately like react to it instantly. Like, ah, use it immediately. Just now. God, get out of here. But like, it's like, oh, yeah, we're going to make you uncomfortable. Now that you've now, now that things coming at you and it's going to get you, you it's, it's going to get you. It's like now wait for like an extra second while you're looking at it, like ratchet that tension. So you have to press it right at the right moment for the best effect. Like they're taunting you into being Does more uncomfortable. Work, I I can see how it can work. I I guess the I guess my takeaway is if you want me to be scared, I can't have a weapon. Cuz yeah. the moment I have a weapon, I yeah. that's all I look at the game as. I look at it as a combat game. Like, all right, how I do you agree. get the yeah, best yeah. metrics? I got to be the best at killing everything. And so like yeah, I'm terrible at, at like amnesia or visage because I can't do anything. There's just a fucking guy walking down the hall. Like, Jesus Christ, <laughs> I got to run. Like, I, what am I supposed yeah. to do? Put a flashlight in his face? Good job. But, like, For you me, know, like, yeah, Fatal Frame or Resident Evil or Silent Hills is like, oh, there's an enemy. Well, they, you know, they sure. all have wind-up <laughs> animations or they have weaknesses or they have, there's, like, mechanics that you can use to your advantage to get them down. Like, if there's two ghosts in Fatal Frame, all you need to do is back up. 
If you can't back <laughs> up, then wait till one of them arches at you, and then you shoot your camera, and it hits both of them. So as if you put points into extending your camera view, then you can hit more ghosts at one time, and thus it doesn't matter how many they send at you. Because yeah, you can just some, stand in a corner To some extent, these games, the, games, like, the struggle these games have is the fact that they're not you're not engaging with them as intended and that's not necessarily your fault because it's just like yeah you know it's not your job to be afraid for the game just like it's not your job to like think the comedian's funny for them like they have to make you laugh and the game has to make <laughs> yeah. you scared but if the game doesn't work on you then it's like an element of like well then what are we here for because <laughs> like the fundamental yeah, assumption doesn't apply and then it just becomes the rote mechanics and it becomes just like Slenderman, the eight pages is just a game about walking around in the forest while trying to keep an eye on this guy while you grab eight things. And there's just like an answer on how to do it right. And that's it. It's funny that you say the, the engaging with it as intended. One of my favorite uh, horror games and possibly my favorite horror game is uh, Alien Isolation. And I played it for the first time. Which is on a great Maximum example difficulty. of exactly what I like. Yeah, Except that game was exhaustingly it, it, long and, he, and the sensitivity was of very, the stealth stuff was just a bit much. It was very exhausting. Every time I finished playing for a little bit, I was just my my tummy would hurt. It was just because uh, I was so yeah. tense all the time. But there was one thing that I didn't didn't get, and so I didn't engage with it as the game intended, which was the flamethrower. So I used the flamethrower very very sparse, very sparsely. Yeah. But that game is super easy at a certain point when you get the flamethrower. Because you, if you know how to use it, you can use it to basically do what Andrew is saying. It's just like the game gives you a gun against a big enemy. And it, it is absolutely makes the game super easy. I, however, finished it the first time without actually realizing that you could use it like that. Uh, and it was an incredible experience for me. It was, it was really tense, really scary uh, all the way through the end. And it, it was just an experience that I think the game didn't really have ready for me because i had to make it by not understanding how one of fundamental <laughs> mechanic worked i mean i think it was uh, that way for me too so to some extent it's like you get the flamethrower and you're like oh, this is so powerful but it's like spot like it's so it's so valuable yeah. because i i'm gonna i can run out of it so it's like it at, at, it kind of at most becomes like a, a water bottle for your cat like you're yeah now, like but you're like afraid yeah. to like overuse it because it's the flamethrower what if i run out and i need but it later but seriously, like I, the second time I played the game, it was super easy, even on maximum difficulty, because as soon as I had the flamethrower, I, I just, you know, there wasn't the danger anymore. I would do the things I needed to do. I would know exactly how, what to do against all the enemies. And it wasn't, it was super easy. Like it, the game, objectively speaking, if you realize that you, what you need to do with a flamethrower early yeah. on, which the, the game lets you do that, uh, then yep, yeah, it, 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 it's steals you of that experience that i had when i played it for the first time these games are fundamentally yeah. different if you're not afraid of them though because then they just become the and mechanics also... and then it becomes purely a test of how good the mechanics are and not how good like <laughs> yeah. its emotional manipulation <laughs> yeah. is like a good example yeah. of that is probably like i played half-life alex and it was frequently terrifying to me and i was deeply uncomfortable and it's in that and it was clearly not like an accident obviously like it was not like oh wow you happen to not deal well with spiders that this is unintentionally scary it's like no this there's a whole there's <laughs> entire extended sections of that that are more overtly horror themed than anything else in half-life and it's like they ratchet up like crazy but if that means nothing to you then it's like a relatively simple series of guns fighting a relatively simple series of head crabs and there's just not that much like meat to it but because it was affecting me it was just a 
fantastic experience all the way through but the, like that's really important though like that's the key the key the, the key thing is like it's like when i recommend i think i, I, think I recommended uh outer wilds and subnautica to andrew and neither of them really left like the right impact on him and like if you don't if you don't have the site the right emotional reaction to the game to be in like the right headspace then it's like it just doesn't like work yeah. yeah and i mean that's why i say if i'm not the target demographic because i i'm a particular person and if a game's not made for me specifically then it's i'm probably won't Best. have a good time is this banjo kazooie yes uh, no <laughs> i mean i i also liked i liked hollow knight i liked uh what's it called i like Downwell. i like they like i there are there are games i like but yeah it's very rare it's like a such a small window that like at some point i have to i've just like i'm it's, there are differences between a game is bad and a game isn't for me, and I'm realizing that like yeah, kinda, no, kinda, almost I nothing. I want to see your unfazed Subnautica playthrough. <laughs> like it, yeah, like Subnautica doesn't phase me. I literally, I like you're talking about it, and I'm just like, if you run out of oxygen, can't just go to the surface, just go up to the top and <laughs> well, it's the get your oxygen more so than the oxygen. Yeah, but like for me, I was I just, just like, talking. Oh, I was case. just talking about the fact that I, it, was, it was kind of just an interesting connection I was making live, like right now, that I haven't thought about before. Was just the <laughs> fact that I'm like, oh right, like Subnautica kind of has the dynamic that those those like Resident Evil games have. It's not a, it's not exactly a the same kind of Metroidvania progression through the environment, although it is a little bit because you have to like get upgrades that allow you to go to certain depths and navigate certain environments and so on. Eventually, yeah. but there is that feeling of like, here's my safe room. Nothing will happen to me while I'm here. The moment I get out, it's bad. <laughs> like the moment you leave the room in Resident Evil 2, Mr. X could be around. And the moment you leave, like even if it's a little mundane, literally the second you leave your base in Subnautica, some timer starts ticking. Like there's something you're running out of. Yeah. You're always thinking in the back of your head, I should not be staying still. Yeah. I'm just imagining you going off to like some of the places I've seen recently, even today, and being like, Huh, this big <laughs> and like not being phased at all by like the monstrosities yeah. that are around then you start punching them and shit i'm like what no. why why do you like this i have seen That's, distressing yeah. things it's in below zero and i kind of want to see you play it just to see you not care <laughs> I'll, I'll have to try i'll have to go through and play you, one you just be like oh it's rubies <laughs> It's been long enough. I I specifically remember like in Subnautica, uh, in the first Subnautica, I remember like look going to a place where it was like really dark and something came at me and I was like, oh, can I make something out of that? And I was like, <laughs> it just immediately I was like, oh, I should probably kill that so I can make something out of that, right? Like I need to, I need <laughs> it's I need that for my playing Subnautica escape or like it's Monster Hunter. Yeah, like that's that's kind of the way I played it. Where it's like that I, guy. I have a goal like my first when the first time it was like oh you need to fix your things it's like i'm on it put my hand up to my head like salute and just jumped in the water and started looking for stuff <laughs> and i was like need this and this and this and just ran back it's like fix the thing and it's like okay build a base I'm like uh that sounds a little your, less fun your all play right your like it. would be so much faster <laughs> did, yeah did, like did, I, it, I, did either of you ever play i keep i i mention it every once in a while uh the long dark no the, the long dark. I keep meaning to try it potentially. I know that it was a uh, it was Ashley's other game because Ashley was my housemate that obsessively played uh, Subnautica and did like the speed run video on my channel, mm -hmm. and she was always alternating between the the long dark and Subnautica. It's supposed to be the like long dark the, is incredible. The, the other the the other open world survival game that's good because almost all of them are yeah. bad. 
It, the long dark is is very much about what you're referring to. It's just a different, obviously, different pacing and different setting. Yeah, uh, but it's just, the, I'll be less afraid because instead of leviathans, they're wolves. <laughs> there's not there's not a whole lot of fear. It's very much focused on the survival aspect. Uh, it's um, it's really good. I, I really highly recommend it. But th it's not so much about the fear. Yeah, it's it's like I'm just I'm just way less afraid of wolves and. No, no bear will ever be as scary as the one from Condemned. Uh, <laughs> oh, Condemned? My fucking, oh my fucking god! One of these days I'll play Condemned one and two on my channel. Jesus, fucking bear! It's a, Jesus Christ! <laughs> it's one of yeah, the scariest things a, that anyone's ever made in a video game. It's pretty good. <laughs> that whole fucking level. There's, uh, uh, yeah, like I, that's the struggle I have. Is like there's not a lot of things that scare me except for. Like, again, the thing that makes me the most scared is removing my ability to fight. Because, oh like, if I can fight something... The final boss it's... fight in Condemned 1. Remember how stripped down and effective it was? Yes. It's just like a yes. knife fight with, a, with, with like, the killer <laughs> from the game. You know he's a big deal because he's the killer that you've been going after the whole game. But, like, the, the fucking random house you're in, which is just for that level... It's like a series of like circular level design choices. So there's always a, there's always multiple ways out of each room and a way to double back and loop around and come around at somebody from behind. So it's just this constant cat and mouse game in almost the pitch black where you can barely see against this motherfucker where every time you get land a hit on him, he'll retreat and he'll always try to find a way to come up behind you. And there's always a yeah. way <laughs> like because of the way that yeah. the house is laid out. You're like, this, this is a nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Is it, it is especially like there's so much build up to the whole game about this guy. Yeah. Uh and like you finally get there and you're like, what is this Scooby Doo ass bullshit? Like I gotta just keep going through doors and shit all the and time. And it's a whole game about dudes trying to stab you by sneaking up behind you. <laughs> yeah, it is a lot of that. There's it's pretty, I it's I pretty guess much that's... an entire game about fighting junkies in the dark with pipes. With with like it's objects very, you find lying it's around. Personal, it's, it's like a it's, it's such a personal game. You get like like the the combat is so like visceral and and like gross because like you find you have a gun but you find like two bullets per level. <laughs> yeah, it's like what Alone in the Dark wanted to be, except it couldn't. Oh god! Like the idea There's that you so grab many random games we've played that are still just trying to be the first condemned game, and that was a <laughs> yeah. launch game for the 360. It was a launch so game. I mean, granted, it had a good impact. Like there was a lot of stunning imagery in that game. Uh. Especially, you know, because it is a launch title. So it's like, look at these graphics. <laughs> oh, my God. Is that a dead body? It looks so real. Like, uh, <laughs> like all that stuff. But, yeah, once you, like, break the meat down of Condemned, you're kind of like, what the hell? Did I just, like, what did you just put me through? What is this shit? <laughs> <laughs> it's, all right. It's, it's weird, about time to but, wrap up. Has, yeah. Any final thoughts from anyone? I, uh, I would like to talk one day about how Steam is bad. I would. I, just open I would it. like someone. It's got to open. I would like someone it. to make. Yeah. Please make a. Please make a new Fatal Frame game. I was gonna I say it's... opening with something is the secret, but actually, I tried to open with Subnautica discussion and then never got to it for two hours because it got I'm immediately sidetracked. No, it's just it's how impossible it is to to predict and control where we're going. You just get surprised. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Thanks for watching, everyone. See you next time. Send your questions to dialoguechoicespodcast at gmail.com. We almost got to some of them, but then not. We had, we had plans to get to them. <laughs> we discussed but then we it didn't. beforehand. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
We were very good at this. We bye. talked a lot about it. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. bye.